Hello, welcome to Britpop Banter. My name is Kevin. I'm Leslie. I almost forgot my name. Wow. <laughs> one of those episodes. One of those, one of those. It's the last episode of the season. I know. And this is airing in Christmas Eve in Australia. So I think that's like the 23rd. I don't know how it works. I'm a bit it's lost. It's a day behind. Right, so the UK's 23rd, a day behind. 23rd in the UK, Christmas Eve here. That was meant, wasn't it? That was us thinking back a year that's ago, doing the maths. Planned it. Well done. Nailed Planned it. it. Absolutely nailed it. So this is the last episode of season one. This is number one, which is Bloody Oasis with Definitely Maybe. It was always going to be the case. <laughs> Let's be honest. And if it wasn't, it would be a complete travesty. We did talk, it's not my number one album, it's yours. But it must be close to your number one album for it to get here. There you go, it's close. It's well. Close. Anyway. Tough cheddar. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Twitter and Facebook, we're at Britpop Banter. Email us at BritpopBanter at gmail.com. And all views, all views expressed on this podcast are 100% our own. And while we poke fun at some bands and artists, we appreciate their talent and sacrifice to create these albums. Les, last week, which is a bit dated now because we had to do it before the sort of elections and they've happened, so people are getting the verve and we talk about the upcoming elections and it's already happened. What did you think of the verve episode? I love that album so much and I thought it was a great episode. I think my excitement lay in the fact... This was number one, though, at the end. It was probably the best part of the episode, <laughs> if I'm honest. Um, yeah. I think that... Um, it's a tough one, because... The Verva, that's a great album. And it deserved to be number two. You gave it a ten. You gave it the same rating. That, that's what I was just thinking. And I'm trying to think about how I'd feel if this, if the, if it had reversed. Okay. If, if definitely maybe it was number two and the third was number one. Devastated. Yeah, I would. Yeah. But I had to give Urban Hymns a ten because it's a ten, and I don't hand out tens lightly. No, you don't. I don't hide, hand anything over an eight lightly. No, you don't at all. So, Would well done, feel? Richard Ashcroft. <laughs> Be grateful for what you've got. Be grateful. And the funniest thing is, you've handed out more tens than me. So in this season, I did one ten. Although I did rate much. Really more highly than you You did two You've only done one ten That's an attack of the Grey Lantern That was it There's been a couple of 9.5s though So I, I've sneaked in a couple at the higher end But How many nines have I had? Not many Not many Whereas I've had a few I've had a few So um, Look I enjoyed uh, The Verve episode was really good It was good you talking about uh, Seal Liam again And the festival And Amazing. all the, the fun around that Good to see your hair I can see the hat sitting behind you On top of a picture Not wearing it you got your hair done yesterday yeah, as well. Yeah, that's why I'm not wearing it. Mm, looks nice. Thanks. Looks nice. Uh, overall, how are you feeling about this episode? Last one. You fly to the UK tomorrow. I know. So, but bit, bit mixed feelings about this whole malarkey because I've not packed my suitcase yet. That's... Un- to In fact, be, I haven't even got out of the garage. So To be know. expected, yeah. I would say. That's fine. That's you. It's not going to... I mean, how long does it take to throw some... Well, it's a Jumpers long... in a case. Like, it's not like I'm going to be taking my shorts, is it? Nah. Nah, you're not. No. Nah. It's all jumpers, jackets, scarves, gloves. Yeah. And they're not things that you have a great amount of living in Australia. No, you don't. No. They're at the back of the cupboard. I have to find them. I know. You'll find one glove, but not the other one. You're going to go searching for it. How are you feeling about going back? Well, 
When was the last time you were back? Two years ago. Okay. All right. How are you feeling? I'm feeling excited to see friends and family, but I'm not excited to go back to a Tory majority led government, if I'm quite honest. Oh, we're going straight into the heavy opinion. Now, um, right? Like Britain, what's what's happened? Like, I don't understand. I do understand, but yet I don't. So I get understand how people probably felt they couldn't vote for Jeremy Corbyn. I get that. Okay. But seriously, if you think voting for a baboon like Boris Johnson is actually going to end well. I think I'm going to have to change this and say all views expressed on this podcast are 100% our own. And while we respect and <laughs> appreciate all politicians. <laughs> I just, I just, I just can't. Didn't see it coming. Because... Yeah. No, I saw it coming. Did you? Yeah, it was, it was going to happen. Oh. I just think that now... I have a real issue now because I actually don't think elections are ever fought fair and square now with social media, the internet. The whole thing that happened with the Trump thing, Cambridge Analytica, that garbage. And to be honest, the average person reads something on Facebook and thinks it's real. True. Oh, I better vote for that. Yeah, yeah, true. No, it's not real. Yeah, okay. It's not real. So, I think it shows that the, that the UK are now... So tired of Brexit, they just want it to happen. Yes, probably. So then it probably just has to happen now. So I think even though I would be um, a Remainer, I do think that... Get it done. Well, the country's spoken now. Move on. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Get it done. What that does mean for Scotland, though, is interesting because the SNP had a white lead. They smashed it. Smashed it. Which, again... Who's the SNP, for people who don't know? The Scottish National Party. Okay. So they smashed it, which again is another message, which mm-hmm. is basically like, fine, you're going to vote for Boris. You can stay mm-hmm. with the Tory government and you can leave the EU. However, I think that's basically Scotland saying, well, that's fine, do that, but we want to be independent. How does that get triggered then? How do they move forward with that? So she has to ask... So Nicola Sturgeon, who's a leader, has to ask Boris Johnson... For a vote. For a referendum. Yeah. He can deny that, and he said he will. Really? Great. So, it's a good start. But I don't know how long you can do that when it's mandated so strongly by people's votes. Yeah, okay. Um, they're looking at a one for 2022. Okay. And does that mean sort of, we would fall under Brexit in current rules, but then could renegotiate when it reopens up, when we go independent? Yeah. <sighs> we could become an EU member. Again. But we'd have to apply. Oh, it's so complicated. And so, whether they would let us, there's no guarantees. No, exactly. And then you've got, it's the same arguments before, what currency will we use? Yeah, okay. Because the UK have said that we wouldn't be able, they wouldn't allow us to use the pound. Ah. So then if we can't use the pound and we're not part of Europe, we can't use the euro, what we're going to use, the McHaggis. Yeah, our trade should be haggis, basically. Like, I don't understand. So, I think it's actually going to be quite... There's going to be quite a bit of turmoil, I think, in the next couple of years yeah, in the okay. UK. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's no different to here, really. Okay. I mean, when you think about it, we've got a Prime Minister who denies climate change, yet we couldn't even go outside for two days in Sydney because of air quality. Was that bad? Because that's legitimately happening. Yeah. But he just ignored it. Yeah. So what I'll do instead is I'll ignore the fact that no one can go outside because the air quality is that bad, and I'll propose a religious... Um, discrimination bill. Which is ridiculous. So what I'll say is, if you don't agree with anything I think, 
then that's tough. Mm. Um, and you can say what you want, even if it causes harm, because that's more important to pass through than the fact that Sydney's burning. I heard that they're trying to pass Whoa. through another nuclear power plant as well. Good. It's good yeah, news. Double down on that one as well. So there's a lot going on. But in the yeah. meantime, the UK, what's happening in America, what's happening here in Australia, let us take your mind off it. Yeah. All right? This is going to be a good episode, long episode. We're going to play some good music. Um, so a couple of good call-outs, Lil. 19,500 downloads. Woo! And which means that by the time... Uh, the verve in this drops will be over 20,000. Take that in a second. That is mental. 20,000. <laughs> I remember I got, got excited when we got to 100. I know. <laughs> so that's good. So thank you everyone for that. That's awesome. Do you want to know what our top five episodes are? I do. Because you'll never guess it. Yeah, I will. Um, oh. Blue Tones. Oh, damn, you did. Okay. Is so that, is which, that the number which one? Episode, which episode? Um, expecting to Fly. Expecting to Fly by the Blue Tones is head and shoulders above any other episode. Interesting. We just never saw that coming, right? Did We've not. had Oasis, Blur, Radiohead, you name it. Boom. The two, actually, the two episodes by the Blue Tones have done extremely well. What's number two? Number two, Park Life. Mm. Mm. Number three, Delica. But I think that's cheating because it's really technically our first artist episode. Sure. Number four, though... Seahorses, do it yourself. Really? Mm-hmm. Didn't see that one coming, did you? Didn't ya? see that coming either. And number five, the episode that I wish I could have a redo, Suede. Because <laughs> every time someone listens to it like that, you know about the tears, right, Kev? And I'm like, oh, I explain it on the very next episode. I apologise. It's I... never going to leave you, is it? No, and how many times have I thought about re-editing that episode? But, uh, just, you know, just leave it. Mistakes happen. Mistakes happen. I learn from it. Um, Season two. Let's talk about that because we haven't done that yet. <laughs> Did my wee poll. What was your poll about? What would you like to see in season two? Would right. you like it to be a rundown, a countdown like we've done here from 2000 to 2005 top 25 albums? Okay, yeah. Or do you want it to be 2000 to 2010? I pick an album, Kev picks an album, listeners pick an album. Okay. And then we'll talk about it. Yeah. So why, why did you put the two up? Why, talk about why. Because we were a bit indecisive. Because you told me to. <laughs> That's why. Is that not the right answer? Cause no, because you texted me and said you need to put the poll up, so I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're wanting me to say. Well, no, we, because we were in two minds. We were in two minds. Because, you know, people like a rundown, a countdown, and it's like good, but then it's like 25 albums, um... Then we'd have to listen to a ton of albums and then we'd have to figure it all out. But then I also thought, if we pick one that we genuinely love, make the other person listen to it. Mm-hmm. And then it's prob- and then listeners can give us an album. Mm-hmm. It's probably more interactive. Yeah, we get buy-in from everyone, right? Yeah. Perfect. So, so that's essentially what we're going to do. We um, are going to do actually 2000 to 2010. And, this, and the story behind this is what happened after Britpop. So same music. So, you know, we're, we're still going to talk about... Should some, we call it after Britpop banter? Uh, Put it in brackets. Post Britpop banter. Well, yeah, okay. Post Britpop. Um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about... So, to give you a sort of highlight of what we're going to talk about, we've got bands like the Arctic Monkeys, Franz Ferdinand, Block Party, Kasib, Kasabian, Oof, Elbow, no. The Kooks. So we've got... So, I like The Kooks. Don't look at me like that. What's wrong with The Kooks? Nothing. Good. 
Um, so we've got some really new bands coming up after. Star Sailor. Star Sailor is another example. Um, and then we've got bands that kept going. Oasis kept going into the start of that decade. We've got um, Ash, The Phonics, Cast, Ocean Coliseum. So we've actually got a continuation of some of the bands. We've got Radiohead starting to go off into the woods a little bit. And then we've got some new bands coming through. So what we want is essentially, after this episode, email us, BritpopBanter at gmail.com. All the albums that you kind of want to have on the list in terms of what we want to talk about. And then pick one or two and give us a blurb around why you love them so much. And uh, we'll, we'll maybe talk about them. Mm, maybe. <laughs> Depends on what you send. If it's a Reef album, it's not happening. I can pick a Reef album, though. You can't. I, I think I, I just won't turn up for the episode. Didn't. <laughs> so you'll be sat here on your own, just staring at the wall. <laughs> so what do you think of Reef? Oh, I like it. What do you think? Oh, it's really good. That'd be rubbish. No Les- one's going to listen to that. Leslie's not here, so we'll just play the whole album, start to finish. I saw a really funny tweet from Tim. I'll read that out later. It's, it's... Who basically said, I'm glad that you didn't have your new music licence when uh, we did the Reef, Reef, uh, Reef episode. I know. I thought... Amazing. I laughed out loud. Yeah. Thanks. Because I agree. Thanks, honestly. How do you uh, think I felt? I had to um, listen to the whole damn album and talk about it. So there is one change. Right, so we're moving, we obviously do this weekly, we're going to change that, sadly we're going to move to fortnightly, just purely because of outside commitments and we want to stay friends through season two, so I think we need to see each other once a fortnight. So um, I don't think it's that, I think you'll miss me, I think it's more, (laughs) I don't know why you're pretending to be cool, Um, that's not, you know, that's, they know this by now, I don't know why you're trying to kid them on. Um, <laughs> you try working with Leslie every week. <laughs> there are people who have to do that every day. Mm. Imagine them. How does that happen? Well, you know. And you regard this as a professional, so I don't, yeah, I don't still, understand that. That's okay. Good. Okay. Um, but I think yeah, every two weeks. But I also think we can do because I think when we do them once a week, when we do that every fortnight, we can probably pack a bit more in. We're also going to do new segments, different yes. segments. Good so call. I want I to get people's opinions on that. So. We are, again, feedback please. We're thinking of dropping Guilty, uh, guilty pleasure. Pleasures. We're still going to do the the homework because, to be honest, I've had a pre-look at some of the albums that are getting released early 2020. Ah. I've already got my whole... There is a bangers, or should be bangers. So there's a lot to talk about because there's actually quite a lot of bands that we've talked about. And newer bands who who are releasing new albums, so I actually think that's I think it's going to be quite an exciting time for new music. And we, look, some of the feedback we've got is that um, listeners want to hear because so, we always talk about the album because we've listened to it. We want to play some samples from the album. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. So we'll add some criteria around. If it's a thumbs up from me and you, we'll play something from from that album so you can hear some of the bands coming through. Um, so yeah, look, any any feedback or anything you want to add? I think we sort of keep the same length is how we've been tracking play the same amount of songs from each album but yeah just send us all your thoughts on season two and some of the bands or albums you want us to talk about and if there's any ideas or segments that you'd like to hear us talk about or do we're open to hearing about that as well yeah perfect perfect hey i've got a quick question for you and you probably i don't know if this is going to trap me up or not but brilliant it probably is it probably is do you know our intro like the little samples i play do you remember what they are yeah how many are there Four. What's the five? Four? Um, um, Solomon bites the worm. Yep. Echo belly. Yep. 
Uh, wide open space. Oh, what's the fourth one, Lyle? Ding, ding, ding. Oh, no. Oh, I have tripped you up. 50 episodes. It's the very first soundbite before all the songs play. Oh, I know. It's annoying. It's divine comedy. <laughs> it's just dawned on me the other day. You know? It's just crap. When did you find that out? Last week? No, ages ago, and I've been meaning to say. Oh, but 50, you've never no, mentioned I it. Forgetting. Not once have you had a go at me, and I'm like. Because he does that. He's like, oh, hello. Like that. And then I'm like, I, I quickly move on. I'm like, surely Les is going to say something one of the episodes. I'll let it go. There's things worth fighting for, and there's things not. And that's, you know, I'll let you have that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're fine. We're going to do a new if intro. If it was Reef, we do have to do a new intro. New intro. So that'd be good. Um, yeah, we should just, just make Oasis. Wow, this is this is post two thousand. Do you really want to play Oasis post two thousand? Yeah, I do. Ah, cool. Gas Panic. I love Gas Panic. Right, well, done. So albums in two thousand count as well. Yeah, so you can you can whack them through. All right. Um, got anything else before we jump into song of the week? Couple of things. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so Liam was here. Yes. In Australia, as you know, because we saw. Anyway, did you hear what happened to his gig in Melbourne? I did. Whoa. I would have lost my mind. So he was playing his gig in Melbourne. Now, Australia have some funky... Well, they've got loads of funky rules, but um, they have this whole curfew thing. Um, I don't know if Liam had come on later, but he was in the middle of a track and they cut it bang. Cut the music, cut the show, whole thing. Ouch. Ouch. Um, He then... He did tweet because basically him or the venue would have got a quarter of a million dollars fine Wow. for breaking curfew. Wow. Because they can't play any later than 11. Gee whiz. Okay. If I was standing watching Liam, and I think I read, and, I, and don't quote me on it, but I'm sure he was singing Supersonic. If he was singing right. Supersonic and they cut the power, I'd, oh, I'd go postal. Oh. I, I don't know what I'd do. Cry, ah. anger, cry. You waited all that time to see him and then the sound gets cut off. So that- and you're halfway through Supersonic, like you're really in it. And that is a... I mean, if you're in the middle of Supersonic. Mm. So, same thing happened to me. Uh, have I talked about De La Soul before? On this? I don't no, think so. I know the story, but... Okay, so uh, I love De La Soul. Um, I've got a bit of hip-hop in me, obviously. Cool. Uh, yeah, cool. <laughs> and uh, I love De La Soul, and especially like their, their new album and the Anonymous Nobody. Anyway, they were touring Australia, and I was so happy to see them. They were playing the Greenwood, so it was, it was outside. So anyway, we get to the venue. I'm so pumped. They're supposed to come on at like 10, 10.30. That comes and goes. Nothing. People are like getting a bit restless. The DJ's playing some good stuff. No fault of, of his, but... People you didn't go to see the DJ though, did you? 11 o'clock, nothing. Oh, not too late. I'm like, ah, this is this is getting a bit weird. School night. And I'm like, okay, um, 11.30, right? I'd have been gone. So uh, one of the De La Soul come out and start doing a sound check at 11.30 at night. And like literally, this it was like, check, 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 check. Like, so 10 to 12... He starts going off about, you know, how the the venue management are screwed, the tour company is screwed, like effing and blind and basically just whinging about, you know, they promised us this, they haven't given us, we need our money, like that. Just going off on the mic to the crowd, I'll right? Just leave. Unprofessional. Anyway, just before midnight, they came on and it was awesome. But we got three songs and then bang on midnight, power cut off, 
right? And you had the police in the corner, basically, because it's an outdoor venue, the Greenwood, right? It's in the middle of, of North Sydney, surrounded by apartment blocks. Midnight comes, light, music, all off, done. I'm like, it was the worst gig I've ever been to. That's no apology. Awful. Facebook, Twitter, no apology to the fans. Money back? Uh, the venue promoter gave us our money back, yes. But De La Soul apparently have a, a history of doing this. It was that was probably Sorry. one of my dos- most disappointing live acts ever. Anyway, what else you got? So I want to. Um, I have a long, long flight back to Scotland. You do. So I would like people to send me some uh, music to listen to. Well, you'll be in Scotland by the time this airs. Oh. You just your timing is just. So you bad. understand this is now? Yeah, it's true. I wanted to get people to help me in my journey. Your four times. Okay, for my flight home. There you go. But I want them I want the muse I want people to send me their favourite songs about travel. There's a theme. Oh, you've made this really hard. Yeah, I want to hear what people give me. This is well, I'm just, you know, testing people's music prowess. <laughs> Find me some songs about flying, travel, countries, you know. Mm. And I'll make a little playlist. My flight home playlist, as in the other way, because this is already out. Anyway, I'm drinking a can of Iron Brew <laughs> right now. What's Iron Brew? So it's a Scottish soft drink, so it basically cures everything. And the reason for that is that if you look at the ingredients, there's nothing there that's natural by any stretch. It's bright um, orange, so clearly. It's bright orange. Um, I might actually have a swig as Yeah, it's good. So... Um, I'm just uh, trying to get myself back into the, you know. It's pure sugar, isn't it? The swing of it. Is yeah. that? Yeah, pure sugar. It's the only country in the world, apparently, that a soft drink outsells Coca-Cola. Yeah, I know. In Scotland. It's amazing. All right, should we get on? Um, I think, did I have anything else to talk about? No, I wanted people to give me travel songs. Pointless. Um, <laughs> that's fine. But I thought that was quite a quirky segment. What about yesterday? How'd you spend your day yesterday? Oh, magic. So I bought a paddling pool. (laughs) (laughs) When you say it out loud, it's ridiculous. 25 bucks. $25 redos from Kmart. Magic. Put it down in my wee patio. Got the hose out. Apparently there's a water ban, whatever. Um, There is a water ban. You can't do that. To be fair, you can just put it into a bucket and then upturn the bucket into the pool. It's the same thing. So there's, so there's a level yeah. two watering ban, water ban yeah. in Australia, and we're actually getting very close to a level three now, which means, basically means that on an island surrounded by water, we have no water. So I think our dams are like 40% full at the moment. And, um, but there's no climate change. No climate change. Why don't we just re- a religious freedom bill instead? Apparently with our that desalination plan is not uh, optimal, whatever the hell it is, but we're struggling for water. And so one of the things is now you can't use sprinkler systems or, or hoses you have to use either a bucket or a watering can. Now, I have quite a bit of grass around my house, which I've took great care of. I used a bucket yesterday. No, you yeah. I did. Sure, sure, From sure, the sure. recycled water that's in my recycled water tank, just down at the bottom of the garden there. So, good. So, anyway, I was in the paddling pool. Wait for stage three. Stage three is you can't use any external watering at all, which means that you have to recycle your dishwasher, dish, dishwater your washing machine water, um, you have to take a bucket into the shower with you so that you've got, you know, so it all needs to come from... doing that. needs to come from inside the house to go outside the house. It's not 1950. 
Or this is, how do we get into this? Like, how did we get into this situation? Like, how do we run out of water? There's no rain. Oh, I understand that. Why don't we have a plan B? We're in... Yeah. Uh, how does it get to that? It's, I mean, I don't know. If, it's not a surprise that Australia's hot, is it? No. 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 It's been like that since the beginning of time, really. <laughs> Got a bit worse with the whole new ozone layer, a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you maybe wanted a plan for that. You maybe did. Yeah. Nah. Nah. Coal mines. Anyway, my paddling pool. So I um, had a Santa hat on, a glass of rosé, and I was sat in the paddling pool. Had a great time. Fully dressed as well, or something. It was. Well, I, that wasn't the intention. I had my swimming shorts on, I had a t shirt just... because I was supposed to be playing uh-huh. um, with a six year old uh-huh. who I thought I would just stand in the pool and splash. Uh-huh. And then I went, mm, then I slipped. <laughs> and then I thought, I'm all in now. I'm all in. Then I thought, this is actually really nice. So from now on, when it's a hot day, I'm just going to. Hop in your Louis pool. Yeah. Because actually, it, uh, it's quite long. So That's I actually, quite nice. I can actually lie straight out. Glass of champagne, glass of beer, whatever. <laughs> anyway, 25 bucks. Best 25 bucks I've spent in a long time. Oh, you're happy with it? Okay. Very happy with okay. it. Maybe there were should... four choices. I got the deluxe. I wasn't mucking about. <laughs> I think the two photos that probably sum you up the best is the Liam Gallagher... Hat Berry Festival photo, and then yesterday's photo of you in a paddling pool. That yeah. is that is you, you. This well, is me I... outside of a pool. Yes, <laughs> this is me inside of a pool. Well, if that was my leg, I said, be happy with that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be quite yeah, happy with that. Yeah. Right, okay. I'm happy with that. Uh, song of the week. You want to sing it? Song of the week. Song of the week. Song of the week. Last time you're going to sing that for a nah, while. No, you're going to make a jingle. You've got bags of time over Christmas. <laughs> I'm not making a jingle. Yeah. Nah, jingle's done. Nah. Uh, so, Baltic Fleet. I cannot wait. I'll be Baltic. You'll be Baltic. Baltic Fleet. So, this is... Um, the song is Rolling in Ocean's Tide. So, this came... Remember how I was talking about the blow-up records and the fact that I've been talking with the guys yeah. there? And Anyway, so Paul uh, sent me a link of all these artists. I would never have found these guys or heard of these guys. They're an instrumental band instrumental indie band which I just don't think I would ever have got into but these this is a phenomenal there is an out al- they've got three albums and this is sort of the new track from them the album the dear one on Spotify is just simply amazing it's fantastic so the bio Baltic Fleet is the work of Warrington based artist Paul Fleming whilst on a world tour playing keyboards for Echo and the Bunnymen Paul Fleming began to write what would come to be his debut album with a laptop and any instruments that were to hand he would capture in music what inspired him in each city of the world from Texas to Barcelona to Berlin to Copenhagen to Rajevic Rajevic Reykjavik and back to the UK in Brighton in hotel rooms tour buses planes at the end of radio sessions and sound checks sound checks every opportunity was taken and tracks gradually started to form into an album the sound was born influenced by work from artists such as Eno the Doves Nui Nui N-E-U Sigur Ross and DJ Shadow I love Sigur Ross don't think I've ever listened yeah okay Icelandic okay alright well look I really enjoy the work of Baltic Fleet. I think they're fantastic. Uh, here you go.
Baltic Fleet, Rolling in Ocean's Tide. Like I said, go listen to it. It's fantastic. Let's say it. Lesses, 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 the who and the darkness. <laughs> it's a big week, big week. Big week. I am so happy we're talking about the who, the who on the last, episode. the last episode and it's an Oasis episode. And um, because they have been pioneers of music and... Yeah, just an amazing, like, an amazing band. Okay. So, we'll start this. So, The Who, the um, the album's Who. Um, new music from them. Mm. So, it's been some time. Um, for those who don't know who The Who are, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, but anyway, I'll tell you anyway. They formed in 1964. Their wow. original lineup was Roger Daltrey, Pete Townsend, John Entwistle and Keith Moon. He has to be the most famous drummer of all time, Keith Moon, mm. surely. Yeah. Um, they are, I would say, probably one of the most influential guitar bands of the century, I'd say. 20th That's a big century. call, and I'd, prob- I'd probably agree with you. Yeah, without yeah. doubt. Yeah. They have sold over 100 million records. Oh, my God. Worldwide. Wow. Yep. Their first album that came out, My Generation, who doesn't know that song? Um, they obviously you've still got to watch Quadrophenia <laughs> I can't even I was hoping you would mention it but there can't you even okay um, but their last album before this one was back in 2006 oh I didn't Endless know that Wire yeah so there's oh. that is you know bit of a gap um, so reviews there was quite it was a weird one because it's such a mixed bag and there weren't, there weren't as many reviews on this as I thought oh. I don't know if this has had such an, a big impact or I don't know there wasn't a lot on it which surprises oh, me if the surprise me. Okay. but I did find one from Rolling Stone magazine who gave it three and a half out of five okay alright so the first two album in 13 years opens with a perfectly cynical Pete Townsend lyric I don't care I know you're going to hate this song yeah but it's kind of hard to hate something that feels so familiar Roger Daltrey sings the lyric and the ones that follow claiming the song isn't new or diverse with the same anger and conviction as The Who's earliest music recorded more than half a century ago oh Just my take that god in. oh my god like I can't even get my when you, when you say it like that Half a century. Wow. My Generation, the album was released in 1965. Wow. I know. Anyway. Um, and its melody is identical to the opening I Don't Mind of the band's 1966 single, The Kids Are Alright. Um, he even takes it a step further in the song, singing I Don't Mind Other Guys Ripping Off My Song. Yeah. But even when yeah. Townsend, who wrote the majority of Who Hits, is the one ripping himself off, it sounds as authentic as it does. Um, ironic. The only missteps when they venture a little too far from the Hugh formula. Closing track, She Rock My World, has a Latin jazz vibe, but none of Town's, Townend's flamenco flourishes and at least one lyric that's regrettable for any songwriter of any age. You hear people say She Rock My World, but they don't mean it the way I do. Um, but when they're on, they're really on. And they found a group of pinch hitter musicians like bassist Pino Palladino, drummers Zach Starkey, and Zoe, eh, sorry, Joey Wernicker, and keyboardist Ben Montank that can approximate Moon and late bassists John Entwistle's contribution. The 
Band may be only half the who they were when they formed, but who is worthy of who name? Sorry, Pete, your fans probably won't hate these songs. <laughs> nice, very clever. That is clever. So, my pal Alexis at the Guardian. Oh, he's back. Here he goes. Four out of five. Oh, I would have had him down as yep. well. Yeah. 40 years on, with half of the who deceased. Oh, that's so sad. That's a- and the relationship of its two surviving members in a precarious state, who was recorded without Townsend or Daltrey actually meeting? No! Yeah. Townsend seems more trouble than ever. Who certainly does some of the things that artists of their vintage are supposed to do, including I make knowing reference... No, well, they probably just recorded their own part and then it would have got mixed. But, wow! So they, Why would you bother? They're not going to tour it. It's like us doing the podcast, but I don't want to talk to you, so I'll record my bit and then I'll send you it. Weird. Anyway. That could work. Should we do that? Um, <laughs> you, you stop pretending. It's so weird. Like Everybody knows. It's just embarrassing. Just embarrassing yourself. Uh, you've threw me off now. Anyway, if not everything here works, there's nothing wrong with the political sentiment of ball and chain. Yeah, I was going to talk about that. It feels a little lumbering and clumsy. There's something exciting about hearing Townsend declaring himself spent and readying himself for another charge inspired by the Greenfield disaster street song carries a distinct hint of won't get fooled again oh. furious snarl beads on one string rather sweetly sticks fast to a hippieish notion of universal brotherhood and the potential for world peace um, hmm. of course all, half of the who did get old which means there's a strong chance this might be their last album if it is, then they're going out the way they came in, as cussed and awkward and troubled as ever. Hmm. So, <clears throat> thoughts on the Who? First of all, before you tell me your review of this, what's your thoughts on the Who in general? Like, have you listened to them much? Do you know a lot about them? Is this... So I'm shaking my head. Okay. No, I don't. Good, I'm glad I asked. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. They were just one of these bands that I sort of never... I don't know, were you into it? And that's Yeah, God, yeah. Did you try and play Tommy, me? Tommy, yes. So, what happened the there? Tommy, because it's an um, and then Quadrophenia, um, who's next. Like, my generation, yeah, I've, yeah, listened oh. to a lot of the, I can't tell you, I haven't listened to every single album, but those ones I have. Okay. And I love the Quadrophenia album. Love Rain Over Me is one of the most amazing songs ever. Okay. Um. So, yeah. An older who, like, I mean, everybody knows those songs, but yeah. nothing. Like I didn't, I didn't know their two thousand six album. We'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Like it's like I, I don't know anything past Quadrophenia, If I'm honest, okay. Quadrophenia was released in nineteen seventy three. I wasn't even born. No, well, um, but I got into it because of the whole, you know, the modern, the rocker thing, and the indie thing, yeah. and Liam Gallagher, yeah. and Paul Weller, Paul Weller, and so then I got into it that way. Okay. Um, and then started to listen to The Who backwards, if that made sense. Keep going. Why don't you go first? And I'll go first on The Darkness. Keep going. Oh, okay. Um, so, for me, this was... This is a decent album, right? Mm-hmm. This is not a bad album by any stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does, to me, it sounds like an album of a band of old trying to release new music. And I honestly, sometimes, I just don't know if they should. Um, this album, like, if they didn't release this album, like, like it's not going to contribute a great deal to their musical story. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's like, well, you know, I doubt they need the money. Yeah, okay. So it's 
you know, they, maybe they felt they had these songs that they really wanted to release. I was excited to listen to it because I didn't know what to expect yeah, because, okay. you know, they've been going for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, there are political messages in, in the album Ball and Chain and Street Song and they're actually two of my favourite tracks. Um, I like Detour, I Don't Want to Get Wise, I'll Be Back. I enjoyed it. Um, I was driving about doing tons of errands yesterday and I had it on mm. and the sun was out mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um would I go back to it? No. Do I prefer whose older stuff? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Um, Overall? Six and a half. Out of ten. Okay. Okay. All right. I liked it. I actually, I, I'm glad I got to hear it. So I feel a little, you obviously have the legacy of The Who. I don't. So when I listened to this, I was like, oh, please don't hate The Who. Please don't hate The Who. And the first time I listened to it and I went, the first time I listened to it, I was like, uh, it's all right. And then I found myself humming, like, um, humming one of the songs the next day. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to put that back on. And then I did it again. And I did it again. I did it again. And I actually really enjoyed it. So some of the songs that I found the first time around being not that great, I actually started to like. Yeah. Um, so All the Music Will Fade, which is the intro, is, is good. Ball and Chain is my favorite song on the yeah. album. It is top awesome. notch. I Don't Want to Get Wise is really good. Yep. Beats on One String, really good. Hero Ground Zero is okay. Street Song's okay. I'll, the rest of the album, there's not a bad track. No. Actually, it's not a bad track. I go, oh, that's, I don't like that. Um, it's funny, the first time I wrote the, the sort of comments around that, I wrote, Dads Everywhere Will Love This Album. Yes. Like, it's, it's Dad. And then I went... There'll be a lot of dads getting that for the Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I'm like, so I'm writing off, you know, my dad would like this album. And then I'm like... I like this album now and I'm almost 40 yeah not 45 almost 40 but you know what I mean so it's like I'm falling into this mode and I actually I actually really enjoyed this album 7 out of 10 oh no yeah yeah I, 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 would, I did not see that coming I would listen to this again absolutely I thought you were going to criticise it as a first time it takes a because it's such a change in style than we've been listening to yep. and I get your point around there's a couple of like the lyrics sometimes are a bit, mm. and and then there's there's hints of trying to modernize stuff, which is. But overall, man, it's a really enjoyable listen end to end. I know I didn't on Spotify. There's a normal and the d- deluxe. Yeah. Didn't touch the deluxe tracks. Just found that I think it's like eleven, and just kept going back to eleven. I don't want to be because that happened with Liam. I don't want to do that again. So I always check now what the tracks are on the album. But this was really good. Um, can I? Can we play a track from it? Can we play Ball and Chain? Let's Let's play Ball and Chain because we both really liked it.
Christmas, you're feeling generous. What? I think... You feeling Christmassy? No. No. You? You will when you get home. Yeah, well, I was yesterday. I was sat in a paddling pool with a Santa hat, so, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Trying my best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, the darkness. The darkness. So, we all know. The darkness. So, they've formed back in 2000. They consist of Justin Hawkins on lead vocals and lead guitar. We know his... Everybody knows his vocals. Uh, Dan Hawkins, Frankie Pullen and Rufus Tiger Taylor. They came to prominence with the release of their debut album Permission to Land in 2003. They had all of the I Believe in a Thing Called Love. Oh, um, yeah, Remember that one? And that album went quadruple platinum. My God. In the United Kingdom. They were massive when yeah, they first came sold out. Sold 1.3 million copies. Wow. Um, in 2004, they won three Brit Awards. 
Best British Group, Best British Rock Act and Best British Album. This is their sixth studio album. Wow. Um, their last one was Pinewood Smile back in 2017. Um, I had no idea they'd released six albums. None. Zero. I thought they'd released I Believe in a Think I Would Love the End and then we'd waited. I'd kind of forgotten about them, to be honest. Yeah, because yeah, they're not someone that would come on the radar. Um, I thought it would be a fun album. That's why I picked it. So, um, Was it a fun album, Les? Well, I'm going to tell you what Louder Sound think before I give you my beautiful opinion. Um, so they gave it four out of five. What? Yeah. With 2003's Permission to Land debut album, The Darkness put star jumping, crotch thrusting, rock and roll back into the British charts. 16 years later. That is insane that that song is 16 years old for a start, anyway. Um, a new album, Easter, is cancelled. The lowest of bands seem lukewarm on their legacy. Um... The sixth album, Easterners Council, puts its money where its mouth is, right from the thrilling flashpoint when a dirty Les Paul riff punctures the red herring folksy opener, Rock and Roll Deserves to Die. Granted, there's nothing new on the album that's quite as stadium ready as I believe in a thing called love, but every track here is whip smart and shout it out hooky. And although the music envelope is rarely shunted with both hands, the playful writing dips, dives and never does quite you expect. If you hate the darkness, move along. <laughs> but for those who remain strangely tickled by their frivolous, heartfelt one-offmanship, every track here will prick up your ears. Easter might be cancelled, but for rock fans, Christmas has come. Oh, great. Barely. Well done. Great line. Boom! Rock and roll mag. Nine out of ten. The Darkness are back with an absolute sumptuous album in the form of Easter is Cancelled. Aging like a fine wine, these guys go from strength to strength as each new recording delves deeper into the hearts and minds of these majestic musicians. <laughs> the album, album opener, Rock and Roll Deserves to Die, is in the vein of a rock opera and takes a listener on an audible roller coaster as it builds to a crescendo and leaves you breathless. Ten timeless songs, one cracking album, going by Easter, is cancelled. So, I <laughs> will give it back to you to talk about this. Um, before I do, did you see that? Did you see the album artwork? Yes. Should we talk about that? Go. Yeah. So it got censored. Damn yeah. right it should. It's got, um, you know, the lead singer being crucified. The band members. One of them's holding up a head. Like a decapitated head On the front of an album cover Should that be censored? Yep. Let's talk about censorship Why should that be censored? Ridiculous What's ridiculous about it? Uh, there's a human being holding a, a head Is that a real head? It's an artist um, okay. image Right So do you watch What happens if a kid picks up that album cover? But does it look like it's Do you think a kid should see that? But why would a kid have the darkness album? It, okay, so let's put it this a bit perfect. All right, good call. So you're walking uh, through Newtown, for example. You're walking past Hum. Is it Hum Records? Yep. They have an Easter is cancelled picture on the wall, in their window, and it has that image on it. I no. You don't want your kids. Do seeing you that. think that kids see ton, ten times worse than that every day? But w sorry, I'm. So do kids see an artist image of someone holding up? You know, a separate really? head. But what they could be, like, this is. I actually Do you think opinion. they see I, worse than that? 
Yeah, like when you think of other album covers that you see, or things that are on the TV, or the news, what are you or showing your kids? things. What are you showing your kids? I'm not, too, no, I'm just trying to, this is a censorship argument, and yes. I just want to see where you stand. Yes. I don't really care. Yes, absolutely, should be banned. And I think they, I think they knew exactly why they were doing it. So I'm like... But did it get banned because of that, or was it because of the crucifix? That's, oh, see, that I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. This, I don't that, know. The head didn't even come into it, so it's see, the head, you've so, got the issue with it. No, no, no. So this, on the right-hand side, there's someone holding up the severed head. On the left-hand side, there's one of the band members stabbing, I'm guessing, a Roman or something like that yeah. on the ground. It's a really violent... You know, the, yes, there's someone being crucified, but the whole thing is really violent. But is that why it was censored? That's the thing. I don't know. And then what is, you know... I guess for me, like, it doesn't phase me either way. But it's just interesting what gets censored and what poll? doesn't. Can we put the, the, the image up and see if people find that it should be banned or not? Or you're just like, no. Yeah, let's. That might be interesting. See what like, I don't really... I mean, I always find censorship as a interesting thing. Like, I didn't know if it got censored because mm. of its religious connotations. And was it seen as blasphemous? Because... There's a cross and this is the... I didn't actually think of it. And, and to be honest, it's funny, because when I look at the album cover, and I'm doing it right now, that head is the last thing I see. Really? Yeah, weird. And it's what I mean. It's just, I think it depends on your take. What I see is someone... Like, I'm like, that. oh, it's, you know, it's a bit, you know, blasphemous. If you're religious, that might be offensive. I can see why religious people find then it I look at the head. I didn't look at the head, because I actually thought that was part of her dress. No, it's severed so, head. That's what I mean. You have to take a really good. That's what I'm saying. So you have to really stare at it. And but now you it. now you know that. Forget the religious. So say it's just that corner image. Should that be on an album cover? Well, it still doesn't look like it's that. I can't understand. It looks like it, she's. It doesn't even look like it's a severed head. It just looks like a picture on her dress. I've got to be honest. It doesn't stand out for me. Really? It really doesn't. Straight away, I saw it. You clearly have a thing for severed heads, <laughs> Kev. So um. <laughs> Maybe I'm just, anyway, sens- I'm just sensitive, that's what it is. I also sometimes, censorship's a strange thing, but I also wonder what the point is of making an album cover like that. Thank why did so, it? So that's it. So you go, well, you know. You kind of knew what you were getting in for. Kind of. And you probably did that, because guess what? We're talking about 100%. it. 100%. All right, should we actually talk about the music? Yeah. So anyway, I was talking about rock and roll, man, I gave it 9 out of 10. No, I did that, didn't I? Um, just what do you think of the album, though? No, what do you think? Because I passed it back to you. I didn't like it. Um, Did you like it because of the severed head? Is that what put you off? No, I genuinely was like, you know what? I never really, you know, the darkness would maybe come on at a, you know, like a retro, like a, a cheesy yeah. n- nightclub or something like that. They'll put on the darkness and everyone will go melting for it. That's all I know about the darkness. And so it was really interesting to get this out. Look, it's not, I have a thing about the darkness. When they're not the darkness, they're actually a decent band. Like, you yes. know, when he doesn't go into his falsettos and, like, they go to that next level extreme, they actually write some really good songs. And there's some good songs on here mm-hmm. or are tracking really well and then they just, like, change it and you're like, oh, we're off into the darkness again. Literally. <laughs> um, I think it's an absolute roller coaster of an album. Some good songs, some really, really terrible. Um, you know, you get everything. You get everything with the darkness. You get, like... Kiss, Queen, Dire Straits. You get get a bit of everything. Four out of ten. I give it a four out of ten. Yes. I didn't mind How Can I Lose Your Love. That's fine. That's all right. Easter is cancelled, actually, all right. That's terrible. Um, I didn't mind it. Choke on it. It was okay. That was about it. Point for effort. 
point for a severed head. Four out of ten. Deck chair, confirmation bias. Look, it's alright. If you like the darkness, you're going to like this album, right? I mean, that's pretty much I don't it. like the darkness, it seems. Neither do I. No. So that's really what's so... Well, anyway, I am pumped for some of the albums that are getting released in January, February. I've okay. had a little look, and there are some good, good. Okay. Well, I don't know if they're good, because I haven't listened to them. I'm hoping they're good. But um, they excite me what's coming up next year. The first half of next year, from what I've seen, there's going to be, hopefully, a lot of good music. When do you think we'll get back together and do this? We haven't talked about that. Feb will be our first episode back out, you think? Yeah, but yeah. Yeah? Good enough. I'm back. Yeah, I'm back early Jan. And then by the time we do some homework and stuff like that, we'll be ready to yeah. go in late Jan, early Feb. Good stuff. All right. Guilty pleasures. Uh, actually, let's just get your thoughts on this. So, Hoodie and the Blowfish, Cracked Rear View was mm-hmm. the album. Yeah. This is the last guilty pleasure ever. Yeah. And you chose this album. Amazing. <sighs> Go on. What did have... you like about this album? Everything. I have memories. So, loads of memories. Like, loads of teenage dance. Like, some of those love songs, like Goodbye, Let Her Cry. I can play Let Her Cry on the guitar. Singing up the top of my lungs, walking across the South Inch on the way home from the Ice Factory. That's what it reminds me of. Ice Factory is not a real Ice Factory, just for everyone. No, it's a nightclub. Yep. I don't even know if it's there now. No, it's, it's I'll find down. out shut down. in a couple of days. Okay. Um, and it just it takes me back to being a teenager. It really does. Like It just reminds me of that and the lyrics. And I mean, it's a bit cheesy. Um, a bit? Yeah. A bit? And I really love his voice. Really? I love it. It's this, honestly, I honestly believe that when we were thinking about guilty pleasures, if I was to define what a guilty pleasure is, this album is it for me. I 100% Because agree cheesy, with you. and I know it, and it's people are going to go like that. That's utter rubbish. But I love it. Like, I will just go straight in and tell you that I gave it 8 out of 10. Oh my god, away. Yeah. <laughs> she sits alone by the Do his voice, do his probably voice. Pose, try to get a photo of scared of mine. She says, There's the one I love the most. Her stab's not far behind. She never lets me in, only tells me where she's been. When she's had too much to drink, I tell her I don't care. I just run my hands through her dark hair and I pray to God she gotta help me fly away. <laughs> and just let her cry. <sighs> Well done. That's better than this album. Wow. <laughs> this, you know how you said some people would think this is awful? Yeah. You're sitting across from one of those. Really? Nothing? Nothing. Didn't like any of them? This is... What about the song, Not Even the Trees? It's so sad. This is one of the worst guilty pleasures. What a way to end the series. Two out of ten. <gasps> Nonsense! Not Even the Trees is a beautiful song. A- Have you listened to the lyrics? It's about somebody dying. Not, not even the trees I've actually put in my good column. What's yeah, it just whew. Only Wanna Be With You, I forgot. I didn't know they did that. So yeah, when that came on, I'm like, oh that's a nice song. And how beautiful's goodbye. Oh, uh goodbye's in my good oh, column too. Beautiful. Yeah, Let her cry? It's cheesy. I don't like his voice. Oh, that's that's it. I can't good on you. Ending guilty pleasures with a real guilty pleasure. Love it. 8 out of 10 and a 2 out of 10. 
I'm going to listen to that on the plane. Please don't. Might. Britpop one-liners. Yay! Britpop one-liners. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of junk. No, that'd be funny. No. That'd be funny. No. And it's on us. It's on us. Oh no, I'm nervous. Don't you? It's actually really nice. Really. Okay, nice. so Britpop one-liners on us, Ian. All views expressed in this tweet are 100% my own, and whilst I may poke fun at the presenters, I appreciate their talent and sacrifices to bring us these podcasts. That's very, very clever. Well done, Ian. Well done, Ian. Well done. Thank you. Stu, awesome, funny. Carol, best thing that happened in 2019. Oh, that's so nice. Bryce, absolutely fantastic podcast with two great characters who make my day a little more enjoyable. Oh, it's so nice. Ian, Team Les and our convictions and a bit of Sarah Brightman chucked in too. (laughs) Now there'll be a bit of Darius Rucker from Hootie. That's his name, by the way. Darius Rucker? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Jodie, whilst it's been fun listening back to the music, it's been the enthusiasm of the hosts that have really made it for me. Kevin Les have become appointment listening for me. Thanks for all your hard work, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Jodie. UK bootlegs. Oh, no. You get a point for effort. <laughs> Matt, there was a couple of Scots in Sydney whose spreadsheet seemed a bit fiddly. They talked reef and embrace, but it would be a disgrace if number one wasn't definitely maybe. <laughs> Bingo! Well and it is. Matt, that's awesome. That is the good. spreadsheet was fiddly. That's another reason we're doing that, because there's none, none of that. Carry on. Put your numbers in the spreadsheet. No. <laughs> anyway, Chris, sound card. Chris at Soundtrap Podcast I revisited some bands I loved Discovered a few new ones I vibed with And also listened to Reef And for that I apologise <laughs> um, Ray, I'm only here for the Reef content Yeah, yeah That's Thanks, a lie Ray. Pop and Roll Star The Britpop Banter Podcast Is the perfect reminder Why I was obsessed with Britpop All those years ago Oh, nice Local guy It's been magic having a weekly trip back in time to a place where the soundtrack to my 20s is lovingly pulled apart and shared. Thanks both so much. P.S. Manson and the Blue Tones rule. Oh, thank you. That's awesome. Michael, flying the flag for the greatest period of UK music in 30 years, reinvigorating the old and educating the young. Live forever. Boom. Adam, there's a reason it's my top podcast of the year. You guys are consistently interesting, entertaining and hilarious. Can't wait for season two. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. Alex, thank you so much for being the highlight of the week for the last year. You've both done an amazing job and I can't wait for season two. Michael, I was absolutely confused at first because it seemed very random taking an hour to get to the album in question. (laughs) But I warm to your your friendship and hashtag convictions. Plus, Les is clearly a much more articulate Edith Bowman. Interesting fact is I went to the same uni as Edith Bowman. Did you? And Edith Bowman was someone I used to look up to because I did like a... I went on a... What do you call it? They called. Work experience thing on a radio station. Oh. And I always thought that she was um, quite cool. Oh, and, uh, Somebody's saying that I'm better. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Mic drop. Mic drop. <laughs> Andy, side note, thanks for the email and kind words. And he wrote a poem. Oh, yeah, he wrote a really nice email to us, so thank you for that. That was really nice. Um, shall I read out the poem? Yeah, go. I'll make a wholehearted prediction that this show will become your addiction. It's the safest of spaces for meeting new faces and sharing your hashtag conviction. Like a welcoming hug and a kiss, you'll find sh- 
you'll find few shows warmer than this. Though I have to add, sadly, if you're a Boo Radley, you might want to give it a miss. <laughs> yeah, you would. Because they're rubbish. Thanks, Andy. Wow, God, two, two poets. Um, Tim, all I can say is I'm relieved you got Reef done before the licence allowed you to play full songs. Only joking, it's been brilliant fun. I tuned in for the music and stayed for your enthusiasm for Britpop. It's my writing, isn't it? Yep, I've got no idea what that says. Something about the good and bad and ever cheeky personalities. That's the right. Okay, if you right. write like a high end scratching and gravel. <laughs> Seriously. A hen scratching and gravel? Yeah. What are you like, 80 years old? Yeah, I used to get. Jeez. Well, that's what I used to get in every report card, so I'm just giving it back. Wow. Yeah, my writing is Off. really, no really idea what bad. That said. Um, honesty. Honesty about the good and bad and ever cheeky personalities. Cool. Didn't look like that. Oh. Looked like hieroglyphics. Mine's is. <laughs> Thank you. That means a lot. That's that really, means so really much, nice. and that is the reason that we've done it. And I did not expect to have that kind of feedback at the end of the season. I like, uh, there's a comment in there I like about them making friends themselves, which um, is cool. Like we've connected little people together, and they're all friends. And it's like Britpop Tinder. Oh. <laughs> You know, no, they're not going to date, they're just friends. Isn't it funny how Twitter, when we first started this, we, I found Twitter quite harsh. Horrible. And I'll be perfectly honest, and I think we can share that. At the very beginning, when we were, we always knew what we wanted the podcast to be, and I think that's come out over the 50 episodes. So we had that in our mind. This was never going to be a purist, let's talk about salad and all those types of bands and get in depth. It was literally, let's talk about the albums which we think fall in the Britpop and indie genre of that time of our life. Yeah. And let's just talk about them. Mm-hmm. And let's have fun and let's re-listen to them and let's see if people want to join in. Yeah. And at the beginning, we got such a hard time. Oh, that's not Britpop and what are you talking about? And that's rubbish and you can't call it that and don't use that word and oh. banter's a stupid word. Yeah, and, I know. and that whole thing. And it, honestly, I remember it because I was on holiday in New Zealand and, I was re- and it was really affecting me. Yeah, like it was same. bothering me. And I was like, really? It was just supposed to be fun. I wasn't sleeping. I remember checking my phone through an eye and just going, this is, I was just awake. Like, I was just reading it, just going, this is harsh. Um, it's really hard. And now you've come full circle. Yeah. And actually, it's it's a lovely place. Like, all everyone on Twitter is yeah. super nice to us and supportive. And, and you see them chatting to each other, which is just so nice, because I go, oh, we're connecting people, yes. which is awesome. So thank you, everyone, thank who you. has supported us throughout the last year. It's been um, so much fun. Um talking about the music that we love and getting people's feedback on it and all the other little segments that's come along and the new music that we found as well. So it's just, it's taking a shape that I didn't think it would and I think that's been the most exciting part. I agree. Totally agree. You ready to talk about Oasis? <gasps> exactly. Am I ever? <laughs> it's exactly an hour in. <laughs> Am I ever? I mean, we could do a whole episode on the album cover, really. I mean, that's just, I've never seen so much research on I mean, album we could, cover. but I don't want it. I will talk about the album yeah, cover. Fine. All right. So the album cover, photographed by Michael Spencer Jones, and in an interview with the Guardian, he said, "It's a tiny room. I had to whack in a wide-angle lens just to get everyone in. But Bonehead had stripped floorboards, floorboards, and with that lens, it looked like an advert for Ron Seal varnish. It was a real problem. I'd not long gone, long ago been to the Egyptology, Egyptology. Yes, that's a word." section of the Manchester Museum and it came to me that, to have Liam lying on the floor in some kind of transcendental state with his eyes closed like he's not of this world is he alive is he dead I mean to have that level of thought about that I thought it'd be pretty surreal and also solve the problem of filling that space 
I was nervous about mentioning it to Liam, asking the lead singer to lie on the floor. A lot of bands wouldn't have gone for that, but Liam was up for it straight away. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, the shoot was littered with red stripe cans, red stripes of beer. But there was no way I was having them in the shop because it would be like product placement. They wanted some reference to alcohol in there though, so I said, let's get some wine. It's actually Ribena in the glass. Uh, the urban myth is that because it's, they couldn't actually afford wine, but that's complete rubbish. When I was, at, when I was at, at art college, I learned that when you photograph red wine, you always use diluted Ribena because wine just comes out black. There you go. Oh, there you go. That's what they use in the, the movies as well. Like, um, if you see them drinking it in a movie, it's not, it's not actual wine. Um, go. Is it really? Yeah. It's a little tip. Thanks for it. that, Kev. <laughs> I just thought every movie everybody was just absolutely hammered. <laughs> All right. I asked them to bring objects that were personal to them. The pink flamingo was boneheads. Amazing. Liam, Noel and Gwigsy were City fans, so we put a photo of Rodney, Rodney Marsh in the fireplace. Bonehead, being a United fan, wanted the George picture that's at the window, and Neil, Noel, and Liam allowed it because the, because Best sort of transcended football. So George Best, famous man, yes. man, new player. Noel bought, brought that Burt Bacharach photo on the left, which is actually the inside of a gatefold sleeve. On the TV, Noel's favourite film, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, is playing. One of the roadies brought in this inflatable globe, and, globe, and I got a thro- thread and hung it from the ceiling. No, like that. Yeah, global dominance. He said, since he was going to use a, since I was going to use a long exposure, I thought, I know, I'll spin it and make it blur. I have no idea there was a full do. Liam had ordered a Lambretta scooter. Halfway through the shoot, there was a knock at the door, and the scooter arrived. Suddenly, everyone went out in the street, and Liam was off in the scooter with me shouting, "Come back!" Just so Liam. So Liam. Did you know there was that much detail in the album cover? Yeah, I've read that. What do you think? Do you like it? Is Love that it. Cover? Love it. Iconic, amazing, love it. I mean, you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, it could just be black, a black cover. Is that your favourite album cover of Oasis? Is it my favourite album oh, cover of Oasis? Um, yeah, that or Be Here Now. Uh, with the Rolls Royce in Yeah, the I love that. Okay, that's pretty cool. That's pretty iconic. Like, what's the story's okay, and then the rest. Like, Stand on the Shoulders Giants is rubbish. Yeah, it's the New York skyline, right? His pants, like, yeah. and that blue colour. Then Heathen Chemistry, nah, nah, that. Yeah, that or Be Here Now. Okay, cool, good answer. Uh, that's iconic, like, I had that as a poster in my room. Okay. In fact, I probably still do, I'll find out in a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> um, so funny, you going back and staying in your old room. Yeah, weird. And I get sent to take, my room take, as well. Can you take me a picture? Tell me what it looks like. Is there still going to be fo- like posters up? You don't. You don't think there's still be I don't think so. I can't, I'm trying to remember. Um, no, I don't think there is. You got a single bed? Yeah. Oh, you got... <laughs> Isn't it? I went back like, and stayed with my folks um, back in my old room. And it's tiny. Like I thought I had this huge bedroom. And I got back and I'm like, this is nothing. What is this? Yeah. Because you're just bigger and I don't know. See yeah. if you get that feeling when you get back. Oh, well, because I'll... I remember your bedroom being huge. Yeah. Massive room. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if that's the case anymore. Now that I'm an adult. <laughs> and I'll be sat there listening to Oasis. Yes. <laughs> You've got to be listening to music. Like, like I do. And then I get in trouble because I play it because the, like, the family computer is in my bedroom. So then I, And it's got... And we bought, like, little speakers for it. Yeah. Um, so my dad can listen to Spotify. But um, 
And then I have it on and I have it loud because I always like music loud. Mm -hmm. And then I get the, can you turn that down? We're watching the TV. And I'm like, wow, I'm nearly 40. (laughs) 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 Is this really happening? It's really happening. There's something actually quite funny about it because then I go, oh, whatever, shut the door. Do you think your dad will come in, put Spotify on, put Black Box on, Amazing. start doing his crunches? Brilliant. You, like, dad, what are you doing? I'm like, Dad, get the dumbbells out. Here we go. <laughs> Wait, I can out-squat you. Go. No way. Your dad Might is try the it. fittest man ever. I'll tell him. Come on, Dad. I'll put money on your dad. I'd put money on my dad as well. It's <laughs> probably good odds. So the album title, Meaning. Um, so this is from Reddit. Someone posted that it could be in relation to a kink song. However, I'm not sure if this is the case, they called the debut album after a song of the band they never did a cover of. So they never covered the Kinks, but definitely maybe it was a song about the Kinks. But you actually, they don't, you don't really find, it's a UK term, right? Definitely maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, released on 29th of August 94, their debut album, What's the Story, came in 95, went to number one, Creation Records, recorded in Clear Studios in Manchester, Sawmill Studios in Cornwall, the Pink Museum in Liverpool, and Matrix Matrix Recording Studios in Fulham. Producer, Oasis, Mark Coyle, Owen Morris, and David Batchelor, 51 minutes, 11 tracks, went to number one. Les, this is your last chance to get this right. Okay. How long was it in the charts? Let me think about this. How many weeks? Seventy-four. Three hundred and thirty-six. Jesus. Wow. <laughs> okay. Really? Yeah. Yep. Weeks. Yeah. Well, you got to think it came out, done well, and then what story came out? So people discovered what story went back to death. Maybe it was in the chart for years. Mm-hmm. Years. Well, this is the top, not the actual top forty charts. It's top two hundred. Still though. I know. Massive. All right. You ready for the actual charts? Aye. Do we keep this segment going in season two? Give us your feedback on that. Do you like? Do you want to know what the charts were in 2000 to 2010? I do. Okay, well, Liz does. All right, well, that's that then. Number 10, Secret World Live uh, by Peter Gabriel. Uh, number nine, Brother, Sister by the Brand New Heavies. Oh. Mm. Always in it, Always and Forever by Eternal. Amazing. <laughs> uh, Elvis, The Essential Collection. Six, The Holy Bible by Mannix. Ooh. Five, Parklife Blur. Oh. Twelve, Deadly Sins, and then some by Cindy Lauper. End of part one, The Greatest Hits, Wet, Wet, Wet. The three... The <laughs> that three, was part two. The, what? The, the three tenors uh, in 1994. And number one was Death Maybe. Number... In the singles. I Swear by All For One. And I swear by the moon and the stars in the sky. Oh, okay, cool. I'll be there. Wasn't that Boys to Men? I swear. Oh, maybe not. No, I don't know. But I Rhythm- remember that. Rhythm of the Night by Corona. What a song. This is the rhythm of the night. The night. Oh, yeah. The rhythm of the night. It's a bang on that one. Oh. Um, Regulate by Warren G. Great song. It's a great song. It is actually really good. Searching by China Black. <laughs> no idea. Crazy For You by Let Loose. Um, Let Loose was a boy band, wasn't it? Like, yeah, what did that go like? No idea. I'll Make Love To You by Boys To Me. <laughs> I'll Make Love what To You. What a pile of cheesy crap. 
Oh my god. Throw your clothes on the floor. I'm gonna take my clothes off too. I mean, it's disgusting. It's pretty creepy. It's gross. It's really gross. Like, it's creepy. Well. Throw your clothes on the floor. I'll take my clothes off too. Disgusting. Like, what are you singing? <laughs> like, it creeps me out. Compliments on your kiss by Red Dragon with Brian and Tony. Sounds rubbish. Seven Seconds by Yusuf. Great song. Seven seconds away, just as long as I stay, I'll be waiting. Confided Me by Kylie Minogue. What a song. What? Her best song by 100 Miles. What a song. Absolutely stunning. Love Is All Around by Wet Wet Wet. <laughs> Number one. Well. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Oasis. So, given that we've covered What's the Story and Be Here Now. Let's go back to the start, right? With the wee cheeky monkeys. Uh, for the band in this album, they were Liam. No, I love them. Born. Six seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't even seven seconds. I just love them. Uh, so, Quigsy and Tony McCarroll. Liam was William John Paul Gallagher. Yeah. Oh. And he's really cute as a baby. Have you seen the baby photos? I've got a book of them. You've got a book of... What do you mean you've got a book of his baby photos? What do you mean? Because <laughs> I got an Oasis book that was... Um, and it's got, like, the history of the, the Gallagher brothers. And it's got, like, tons of baby photos and school photos and, of them both. And it's, like, it documents their life. I'll see if I can find it no, when funny. I'm at home. I'm Bring good. it over. I don't need to see these guys no. as, as babies. Cute baby, was he, Liam? Yep. He was mad for it. <laughs> Do you, want to, do, you want to, do you want to just take over? Yeah, that's it, I'm done now. Right, okay. But I love them. Okay, Noel Thomas David Gallagher was born in 67, so he's five years older, Noel. They have an older brother called Paul Anthony, yeah. so he's a year and a half older. Imagine being him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Imagine being him. Yep. I wouldn't know him if he punched me in the face. I mean, does he just, like, like talk about, like, <laughs> like underachieving? Oh, that's not... You can't no, say underachieved. Feel you'd feel that. No, why? You'd feel, I'd feel that. If my brother was Liam Gallagher, yeah, and what, what have maybe, I done? Well, he might have his own business. He might be... Mm. But has he released definitely, maybe? Has he? Has he been the biggest British artist of all time? Liam hasn't. Has he? <laughs> Liam hasn't either. Oasis have... I mean, I know I'll get arguments that they're not, but in my brain they are, so that's enough. So, no, he hasn't. I mean, what, is he an accountant or something? I don't know. I'm sure he's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, come at Leslie. Seriously, give her, give her a stick. No, I just wonder if he feels that. He probably hasn't. He's probably got... Do you know what? He's probably had a crack in life because he doesn't have to worry about the 24-hour media coverage. Mm. And I'm sure... You know, the brothers have looked after him. So, you know, he's probably had a crack in life. Anyway. Shall I move on? All right, Paul. Right. Uh, so the Gallagher's are from Manchester. Uh, trouble would, would be synonymous with them. Trouble at school. Trouble with the police. Is it? Trouble with fights. Is it? What do you mean, is it? Or is it just... just is, this, is this the way it's going to go? It's just boys being boys. Just, you know, a bit of monkey business. You know, just having a laugh. A bit of banter. You know. Harmless. Fun. This is... We knew this was going to be. <laughs> just defending them. All right, Liam. 
I was seven when my mom left my dad. He was out all the time fighting, beating my mom up and beating Noel and Paul up. Never touched me though. Then one night while he was out, my mom got her brothers round, got all the gear in a truck, left him a mattress and we went off to our new house. It was immediately better for all of us. I was always out playing football, loads of energy, never depressed, not a loner, just rounding up the troops. Let's go and have a bit of mischief. Always chasing the girls, but once you got them, I was like, I'd rather go out with the lads. That's so lame. No, he's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> just playing his wee football. Hey, mind his own business, having a laugh. Uh, so apparently after the family's move, Gallagher removed, uh, so Liam recalled times where his father would continue to wreak havoc. I missed my mates. We'd only moved up the road, but I couldn't go back around that area because he was always around. If I was wagging school, I'd see him. I'd be stood there having a cigarette with my mates. He'd spot us, start chasing us, shouting, where have you gone, you bastard? Because he didn't know where we'd moved to. I'd always outrun him. That's mental. Uh, So Peggy, their mum, said this about Noel. Noel would go out with his satchel to school in the morning and come home at the usual time. If I asked what he'd had for dinner, he'd tell me in great, great detail. If I asked him where his homework was, he'd say he'd done it at school. Eventually, the school rang up and Noel had not been in school for three weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Is that cute? Yeah. That's cute. Yeah. Bunk in school for three weeks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, Paul, the brother Paul and Noel. Did he go to school? Probably. Noel always hated our dad, almost with a vengeance. He was always picking on him. He used to drive our dad mad by just sitting there saying nothing. Our dad would be ranting and raving at Noel to answer some question or telling him to do something and Noel would just sit there as if our dad wasn't even in the room. I'd often say to him, just do it and stop him going on, but Noel was fighting his his own battle. I felt bad for Noel when he was victim to all the roaring and shouting and different beatings from my dad, even if it was partly provoked by his own obstinacy. Obstinacy? Yeah. Yeah, okay. But there was always a part of me that was glad it was him on the receiving end and not me. Poor Noel. Sounds pretty rough, right? Yeah. So you've got the older brother saying that Noel copped it and Liam saying that he was okay, he didn't get the majority of it, Noel did, so poor Noel. Uh, Noel, who do you think would be... The better behaved, Noel or Liam? No. Apparently not. So he was suspended for, from school by throwing flour at a teacher, <laughs> then giving a six month probation for robbing a corner shop. Oh, I didn't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> didn't mean it? It's Accident. An accident. Accidents happen. So apparently, this is when he got into uh, guitars. Uh, the brother again. In the end, our man bought Noel a guitar out of the catalogue for about 25 or 30 pounds and paid it off weekly. Out of the catalogue? Do you remember the catalogue? In the index and Argos, and they, right? And they would arrive and my mum would be like that. What do you want for this? That? And they'd come in a van. Anyway, that's hilarious. The catalogue, just remember that. So, Where did you get that from the catalogue? This catalogue, it just appeared. Digress. Is that still happening? So it used to be, I remember... It's got the internet now. Was it Argos? It was Argos. Yeah, but that wasn't the catalogue. It was like Littlewoods. And then you go in, you go into an actual shop. That's what the catalogue was. It's just what do you mean? So the catalogue was an actual book, massive thick book. You'd flick through, yeah, and, and you'd send it in the post what you want. It wasn't like Argos. There was no shop, so you looked in the catalogue oh. and there was a form. So you'd go, I'll have one of them, one of them, one of them, mm-hmm. and you put your wee money in the envelope. You send it, and the next thing you know, it comes back in a wee van. You put money in an envelope. Jeez. Or a cheque. I'm, I'm assuming it's a cheque. Yeah. 
it's not going to be your pay wave, is it? To be fair. Um, I remember that. Okay. Um, he was seriously into playing the guitar like some junior junkie. He'd have taken it to the toilet with him if he could. And to be honest, he probably did. Did you ever play the guitar in the toilet? No. Awkward. How would that work? Well, you're sitting down, aren't you? What's, what's the problem? Oh, I've got no that. idea about playing a guitar, but... That's not something that's ever entered my head. You've never... No. I don't know how you'd have enough room. You'd have to have a pretty wide... Thinking about that too much. Just carry on. <laughs> Um, so apparently the boys as teenagers started working with their dad again in the construction business but it didn't go so well and they both so they both worked for British Gas Noel had an accident where something fell on his foot and he got put in the work the warehouse so that's where he wrote the majority of this album because he was sitting in a warehouse doing nothing how clever what do you mean it's clever it's really clever writing this album in a warehouse bless in May 1988, Gallagher met guitarist Graham Lambert of the Inspiral Carpets during a Stone Roses show. The two became acquainted and Gallagher became a regular at Inspiral, Inspiral Carpets shows. When he heard singer Steve Holt was leaving the band, Gallagher auditioned to be the new vocalist. He was rejected. How would you be eh? rejecting Noel Gallagher as your lead singer? So, sucked in. <laughs> Because uh, they lose. Bet they regret that now. I thought you were going to come in with something insightful and like, nah, you're just doubling down. Okay. Uh, so he became part of the road crew, road crew for two years. Yeah. I, stuck up a, uh, I struck up a friendship with monitor engineer Mark Coyle over the love for the Beatles and the pair spent sound checks dissecting the group's songs. So he went touring, came back in 91 from America to find that Liam had become the lead singer in a band called The Rain. The Rain! What? Don't know. Okay. The Cute. Rain, which is a Beatles B-side apparently. Cute. <laughs> Rain were Gwigsy, Bonehead, Tony McCarroll and Chris Hunt on vocals. However, the band weren't happy with Chris and asked Liam to come out and uh, try instead. He wanted the name to change to Oasis because apparently on the Inspiral Carpets uh, tour poster, uh, Oasis Oasis Leisure Centre was done as a venue for them to play. That's cute. That's cute. I'll give you that. Uh, There's a lot on on Paul Ashby, who was employing Liam at the time as a man responsible for getting Liam the gig with the rain. He said, Bonehead said, get him down to try out for the band. So I went round to Liam's after work one day and said, come on, I've got that audition for you for Bonehead's band. But he turns around and says, ah, I don't know if I want to do it now. So that wound me up. You what? You're taking the piss? I've sorted it out for you, but you're not going to get down there now. He was humming and iron about it. I'm not joking for about two weeks. And I was just about on him every single day about having a go and trying out for the band. I could have just dropped it, walked away, you know. I know it's, it's something he's never said before, but I got Liam to have a go at it. Uh, have a have a go at fronting the band, and both Liam and Bonehead can never deny it. So this guy is like apparently responsible for the whole thing because Liam never would have tried that for it. <sighs> I wanted to ask what would have happened to the Rain as a band without Noel? Nothing. Nothing at all. No, they'd have been okay. They'd have been like cast that level of Don't chuck cast in there. I'm just saying. What make Oasis, right? 
Mm-hmm. Is the kid right? And I know that they hate each other now. Is that like Noel? Noel's songwriting, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Liam's swagger, Liam's vocals. Yeah, okay. His take on what Noel writes, the chemistry between them mm-hmm. is what made Oasis. Okay, right. So Noel could have had his own. I mean, look now. So Noel's got his high flying birds, and Liam's got his solo stuff, and they're fine, mm-hmm. and they're good, mm-hmm. but they're not that together. Okay. So I reckon they'd have been okay. They'd have probably been of a... They'd have released a couple of, couple of albums that had got maybe in the top 100, top 40. Mm-hmm. Okay. They would never have been this. Okay. Um, back to Paul. Around the same time I was talking to Liam's mate Coatsy and telling him Nobby, Nobhead here has taken the piss. I got him a tryout for Bonehead's band. The band singer's been pulled um, and now he won't do it. It was frustrating because I knew he'd pull it off. Anyway, after two weeks, I eventually got him into a van and down to Bonehead's. At the time, Bonehead used to have this pet tarantula and it had just shed its skin. So when Liam walks into Bonehead's for the first time, he was really nervous, understandably, but Bonehead threw his empty tarantula shell at him as soon as he walked in the room and, of course, Liam shat himself. I would. But it bro- cried. Oh my god, but it broke the ice. Bonehead asked him if he could sing and he wanted to if he wanted to be in a band, gave him the lyrics he had for a song he'd written, and Liam and Bonehead went through it. And there he was, like this little John Lennon, which he likes to think he is, and he was buzzing. So pause. I don't know why people have spiders as pets. Neither do I. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Tarantulas are not for What me. are you gonna do? Like stroke it, like take it for a walk. Just let it walk over it's you, right? Disgusting. Imagine someone chucks at you a skin. I'd have died. Like, I actually would have. My fear of spiders knows no bounds. And I honestly would have died. Probably heart failure right there and then. Or I'd have wet myself, one of the two. <laughs> anyway, fast forward and Noel attended one of their concerts at Manchester's Boardwalk, but was impressed, unimpressed by the group's act. After rejecting an offer from Liam to be the band's manager, he agreed to join the band... On the sole condition that he takes creative control, becomes the sole songwriter, bringing in the songs that he'd worked on previously in the warehouse that you went on. So apparently he wrote Columbia and Live Forever while working in that warehouse. So cute. Is that all you got for this? Yep. Okay. I've got tons. I'm just waiting till you get through that. Shall I? I'm about to talk about how they got. So, May 1993, uh, the band heard that a record executive from Creation would be scouting for talent at King Tut's in Glasgow. Together yes. they found the money. Story. To hire the van and make the six-hour journey. When they were arrived, do you want to take over? So when no, they no. okay. So when they arrived, they were refused entry to the club because no one notified the venue that Oasis had been added to the bill. The band eventually secured the opening slot and played a four-song set that impressed impressed Creation founder Alan McGee and almost the rest is history. So, did you see? So obviously they play the gig and then they give him a cassette with some songs on it. Yeah. Called live demonstration. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on the songs that were on that. Yep. Okay. Yep. So first of all, have you heard it? So it's 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 on YouTube. You can listen to the actual um, live recording. They're rough, like really rough. They're not polished. They're not studios. Literally, I think a cassette recorder was sitting in the corner of the room. So it had Cloudburst, which was a Live Forever B side. Yes. Any good? Yes. Ten out of ten. It's not, probably 7 out of 10. <laughs> I just thought, is this the way it's going to be? Had Columbia. Oof. Do you want to be a spaceman? That's amazing. That's a B-side. What's it the B-side of? I'll tell you. Do you want to guess? Keep going. 
It's a B-side of Live Forever, isn't it? No, Shaker Maker. Shaker Maker. Strange Thing. Hmm. Yeah, it's not, wasn't a B-side. Released on the remastering of Death, maybe. Side 2, Bring It On Down. Oh, great. Married With Children. Beautiful. Mm. Fade Away. Amazing. The B-side of... Um, Live Forever. Cigarettes and Alcohol. It was on the Master Plan album as well, right? So, and then you had Rock and Roll Star. So apparently it took a few months for the paperwork to be done due to having problems uh, securing an American contract. Oasis signed a worldwide, worldwide contract with Sony, which in turn licensed Oasis to creation in the UK. Supersonic was released in 94, reaching 31 in the charts. The release was followed by Shaker Maker, which became the subject of a plagiarism suit, which I'll cover later. However... They paid half a million. Half, 500,000 pounds in damages. Whew. Their third single, Live Forever, was the first to, top, to enter the top 10 in the UK charts. The album itself, Definitely Maybe, was released on the 29th of August, 94, entering the charts at number one within a week of its release and at the time becoming the fastest selling debut album in the UK. Amazing. Um, it had to be a success though because Creation Records were apparently in £2 million worth of debt. Yeah, right. So they put pretty much all the money into this. Uh, Tim Abbott was given only £60,000 to promote the album. Abbott did try to determine how best to use his small budget. I'd go back to the Midlands every couple of weeks, Abbott said. People I knew would say, Oasis are great, this is what we listen to. And I'd be thinking, well, you lot don't buy singles, you don't read the NME, you don't read Q... How do I? How do we get the people to like you? Sixty thousand pounds to promote an album is not a massive amount of money, no. and it still made it to number one. Um, overall, this album has a stack of accolades, right? So, um, in a poll, two thousand eight poll by Q and HMV, definitely maybe was ranked first on a list of the greatest British albums of all time, of all time. Yep. That includes. Problem with that. Oh, oh, I should have got the top ten. To Name me a better one. Nothing by the Beatles is better than Death, maybe. No. Oh well, that's that then, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Really? <laughs> oh. Maybe. Definitely, maybe. Definitely, no. Oh, I see what you've done there. Very clever. The album was ranked number forty-two on Rolling Stone's list of a hundred best debut albums. The American edition of Rolling Stone ranked the album at number 78 in its list of the 100 best albums of the 90s. The German edition of Rolling Stone ranked at 156, 156 in its list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. 156? What do they know? Uh, at Acclaimed Music, a website which calculates the most favor- favorably reviewed songs and albums, definitely maybe was listed as the 15th most, most critically acclaimed album of the 90s. As well as a hundred and eleventh most Christ, most most gee whiz, most critically acclaimed album of all time, hundred and eleven. In two thousand, it was voted number forty four in Colin Larkin's all time of top one thousand albums. In July two thousand and fourteen, Guitar World ranked definitely maybe at number nineteen in their fifty iconic albums that defined ninety four. The album was ranked at number one hundred and sixty in spins. The top 300 albums of the past 30 years. That's interesting. Um, and Pitchfork in 2017 ranked it at number 9 in the best Britpop albums of all time. Well, what do they know? What do Pitchfork know? 
Nothing. <laughs> so the next accolade is they got number one in the Britpop banter top 50. Mm. They'll be pumped by that. Oh, will they? Yeah, I might tweet Liam again. Let him know. Yeah, might tell him. Because it's going well tweeting them so far. Yeah. Just so you know. But I will. I actually think I might. Okay. However, most importantly, Definitely Maybe was vote, voted the fourth most overrated album ever made in 2005. Oh, who wrote that? The BBC. Clowns. They s- Heaven forbid someone say something bad. All right, because it's have, rubbish. What have you got? Can you talk? Let's, let's talk, talk to me about Okay, it. so I want to talk about tons. Okay, go. So, first of all, I want to talk about what the album like just thinking about what it means to me. Mm-hmm. I remember listening to it at school. I remember loving this album. I remember buying I had every single Oasis single, B-side, poster, book, DVD. Baby photos. Guitar book, whole thing. Like, this is probably the only band I've ever been like a full-on fan. You know when you just collect everything, you read about it, you want like... I've loved music and I've got tons of albums and I used to buy lots of albums, but I was never like fanatical. This is the only band ever that I've been fanatical about. Okay. Owning everything. Yeah, okay. I just wanted to be Liam Gallagher, like so badly. To the point that once I was in said bedroom, I was talking about that I will be going to in a couple of days. And my mum gave me the Hoover. You know one of the Hoovers like you push around, not yeah, like the yeah, old prop the big ones. Prop yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh right. I put the Hoover on a chair. Oh god. So okay. the handle of the Hoover now looks like a microphone. Yeah, Ben's done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. So I'm uh, I've got definitely maybe blaring. I've got my hands behind my back. I've got the full Liam pose. And I get this, the door swings open. I don't hear much hoovering. <laughs> because, Mum, I'm not being funny, but I'm playing the Barrowland right now, so you need to leave. <laughs> and I'm in the middle of Supersonic, so uh, go away. Um, God, this, it's just, that is you. That's what you're like. It's just, <laughs> it's mental. Everyone just is like, that's that's what you, you're like. Yeah. 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 I own that, I'm happy with that But it's all these little memories I have about this album Like, this Oasis got me into me I've, told, I've talked about it loads But I've never ever been such a Like, a, I'm a proper, proper fan And that, and when you just Like, you just can't think about Like, anything else I remember drawing every single school book Like, I'll go into the attic when I'm home And I'll find them and I'll take pictures Every school book I knew how to draw the Oasis logo properly oh. With like the black and then the white background and Oh then, Oh and I used to colour it in I want to see this And it would be like Leslie What was question five? <laughs> Who knows But look at my logo Look at my logo <laughs> um, I remember doing my Duke of Edinburgh And could not think And been camping in the middle of the hills in Scotland And having to walk for miles didn't care, just wanted to get home to find out if my friend had got us Oasis tickets. Yeah. That's all I wanted. Yeah, yeah. And then I found out that I did. Cried. Actually cried. Wow. Like this, like, I can't really explain what Oasis mean to me. And just being it and just really being that passionate about a band and loving them that much. 
and then getting you and then just and then just releasing me into this whole other world of music so you know the Beatles, the Kinks, the Small Faces, Stone Roses, the Verve, and then just starting to collect all this music and then really creating this music taste, which then goes into then all the bands that were spoken about in this top 50 and then just loving the genre so much. Mm. Now, maybe not the traditional full-on description of Britpop, but that whole 90s indie whole... Just loved it. Nothing's ever... I love loads of other music, as you know, like DJ and dance music. I love trip hop. I love like lots of other, but not to this extent, not to this like complete passion. Mm -hmm. And if any album sums all of that up, that you could put a bow on it and just go, what does it mean? It's this one. I know the lyrics to every single song on that album, backwards and forwards, Mm -hmm. backwards and forwards. Mm -hmm. I know the track listing. Mm -hmm. I know what's coming next. I know how it sounds, like mm-hmm. it's just so familiar, it's just like meeting an old friend every time it goes on, it takes you straight back there. Yeah. And I laughed, the other day I had it on and I, and I was like, and I laughed out loud because I'm thinking about myself singing in a Hoover to Supersonic and I'm driving to work and, and I live in Australia now and you're like, you just put yourself back in that headspace when you were still at school and you actually didn't know what was going to happen in your life, you had no idea, or you did know. Was it as long as I had Oasis Seven's fine? Homework, mm, waves. I'm just going to listen to this album. You knew you were there. That wasn't was whatever. Sorry, it, Kev's got the homework. It'd be fine. <laughs> um, and you know, just getting through school and just having all these hopes and all these dreams and these songs meant something. Like live forever. Just when you think about the lyrics, mm. I don't know. I just go. It, it's just. Oh. It just doesn't get old. I could listen to it. I could listen to definitely maybe all day every day. Be happy. Like it just is. It just. But that's. Like one of my favourite songs of all time is Slide Away Always Will Be. Mm. And I just go. Every time I hear that. You're just taken away. And I go. Anyway. Makes like, me happy seeing it. you happy. I just it's love so it. so nice. And like. I know so much, so it's Slide Away. So I read this amazing um, story about Slide Away once, right? Where the song, so Noel Gallagher wrote Slide Away using the guitar from Johnny Marr from the Smiths, which was a 1960 Gibson Les Paul, Mm -hmm. the one I've always wanted, Mm -hmm. who Johnny Marr had bought from Pete Townsend from The Who. Just think about that little musical story Mm. of talent. Mm -hmm. So The Who passed it to The Smiths, who passed it to Noel Gallagher, who wrote Slide Away. That stuff of musical dreams, that stuff just makes me want to cry. (laughs) Um, And then, I mean, that story alone just epitomises everything. I mean, how cool is that? The Mm. legacy of that. What a song. Mm. Got you into guitar as well. Got you, 100%. Got you playing Judy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a guitar prior to Judy. Oh, was it? Yeah. Pre Judy. Pre Judy. Yeah, I bought this thing for like a hundred bucks. Okay. And was it the first like song you played on it? Wonderwall. Mm. Amazing. <laughs> um, Unlucky Man by the Vera for the first two songs. Okay. All right. I mean, we couldn't see it. We had you had it back to us. Well, but, no. you know, we'll, we'll... I was just. I was hard. I was nervous. <laughs> um. But this, like, 
you just think about this album and it's just, I don't know, it's special. See, I don't think, yeah, it's funny. It's so special. If this had been number two, like, just think about it. Like, hearing you talk about this, it obviously means so much to you. If this didn't win, oh my God, you would be crestfallen. You would just be, I don't, I don't think you would get to the number one episode. I don't think no, you could do it. I don't think I would have. Um, that was just my... It was lovely. I've got tons of stuff I want to talk about when we go through the tracks, but I really just had to get my... Your personal side across, which is lovely, which is great. Because, yeah, I just always hoped that this one would be number one when I first thought. I wasn't sure where everything else would fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was hoping... As long as it's got there, you're right. You've never, like, I've never, you've never loved this album as much as I have. You like it, but you don't talk about it much. It's not like it's... Uh, I think I, yeah, you're right. Because I, I don't have, I don't have the same memories you do. Like, I, there's a couple of things that stand out to me about um, Oasis. Um, I remember getting hammered at school, and you know when I, I like I liked it, and I obviously like I loved them, but it wasn't necessarily my band. Like I think you you picked it up and ran with it, and I went down a Manson path because they were like my find and you know my love. So I was I never had as strong as a connection to them um, as as you and, and some of the other people at school did. So, but I remember I remember like walking home from school with my cassette Walkman. And I remember, like, that this album would get smashed all the time. Specifically one track on this album that I would play non-stop. And still to this day, I, I just love hearing that song. So... What is it? Columbia. Yeah. It's about, oh, just a belter of a song that I just absolutely love. And I listen to it today in the car and I'm like, this is just just a great, it's great amazing. song. So I wasn't as... I don't know, it wasn't... I didn't have as strong a connection as, as some of the... You and some of the other uh, guys from school. Because I didn't feel they were my band. Like, in a weird sort of way. I was sort of more into the sort of lesser-known bands. You know, the Ashes, the Echo Bellies, the Mansons. I was sort of... I, I started to go... Even the Terrorvision. Like, the sort of weird stuff that no one else kind of drifted to. You didn't have to. to admit that. Oh, well. I like Terrorvision. Okay. But, um, yeah, so... I don't know. I'm tend to, I tend to look at things that everyone else looks at and I'll go, oh, I'll go over here then. I'm fine. I'll do my own thing. Don't worry about Weirdo. me. Yeah. But <laughs> you, had, you had more than enough love for Oasis for the two of us. You were fine. fine I did for the whole world, to yeah. be quite honest. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what else? Should we get into actual song, songs then? Yeah. That was lovely. I enjoyed that. Supersonic went to number 31 on the 23rd of April 1994. 14 legs. 14. Amazing. The video, Oasis videos... <laughs> They're terrible. Uh, they did not spend any money uh, on their videos at all. Um, didn't have to. Black and white, the band is playing on a roof of a hotel near King's Cross Station. The first comment on YouTube is, I don't always listen to this song, but when I do, so do my neighbours. That's good. That's good. Like that. Shaker Maker went to number 11, 2nd of July, 94. Music video was shot in Burnage, Manchester, just outside their home, their old childhood home. That's cute. Live Forever, number 10, 20th of August, 1994. Uh, the, it's fucking weird. The band sing, uh, play in a studio spliced with them burying their drummer, Tony. And it was sort of done off the cuff. It was like, oh, we need something to do. Just bury him. All right, I'll film it. Job done. Crap video. Cigarettes and Alcohol, number 7, in October, 94. Black and white video of them uh, spliced with uh, people backstage. There's a whole bunch of, of girls backstage. And whatever. Now... 
Should we talk about whatever for a second? Yes. Because what album is it on? Nothing. Yeah. Why? Great answer. Correct answer. Well so, um, yeah, this is a standalone single to sort of bridge the gap between Definitely Maybe and What's the Story. What's your thoughts on this song? Love it. Whatever. I don't know what album it would fit on more. It would fit on Morning Glory more than it fit on. I agree with you 100%. Why don't you think that it went on there? There'll be a reason, I just don't know what it is. But why do you think it didn't fit? It doesn't. Okay. It doesn't fit definitely, maybe, for sure. Yeah. It could have gone on. What's the story? But it's was a good it strong song. enough? It's a good song. It's not their best song. Could have replaced a number of songs on What's the Story? Hello. <sighs> what ifs? Uh, shall we get into the tracks? Yes. Let's talk about Rock and Roll Star. You love it. Uh, I don't mind it. It grew on you after last weekend. Hearing it live was actually really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with Rock and Roll Star is it's the cliche opener to any Oasis set or Liam Gallagher set now. Um, so as an Oasis song, it's actually quite overplayed. But Do you think? I think it is. I just when it comes on, I'm like, oh god, it's Rock and Roll Star. And then I get then I actually listen to the song and I'm like, actually, it's a good song. And I like the breakdown, the bam, I like that. that. That's all good. So I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, I've got you know when you haven't heard a song in a while and it's actually really refreshing. This mm-hmm. is how I feel about rock and roll star. Yeah, right. When I haven't heard it for ages and I put it on, I'm like, actually, this is a good song. Um, so it's not about being a rock and roll star, but going out and acting like you are one anyway, which is pretty cool. So Noel said the words. Oh, what have you got? Have you got on the song? Nothing. I want you to talk about this song. Because okay. I know your feelings on it. Okay. So Noel said, the words and sentiment to that song, that's what it's all about. I remember bringing it down to the lads in the rehearsal studio and rehearsing it until the first time we played it live. There was a hush after it. And it wasn't the hush of the people going, what was that all about? It was a silenced awe. No one had ever said it in a song before. Tonight I'm a rock and roll star and there's only six people watching you. You're anything but a rock and roll star. <laughs> but in your brain, you're a rock and roll star. When I hear that by chance on a radio or whatever, I just think, do you know what I mean, man? Do you know that? Do you know what, man? It's still got it for me. It's wide-eyed and wonderful. That's pretty cool to hear Noel say that. Because it is. Okay. I don't mind it. I think it's a... It's... Tell me your thoughts on it. Don't forget about mine. What's your thoughts? Oh, it's punching the face. That's what I like in the start of an album. Bang. Take that. <laughs> Amazing And it's just the swagger of Oasis That's why I love them I okay. just love that I love that the most about Oasis I love the fact they started from really humble beginnings mm-hmm. Like Had a relatively You know Tumultuous childhood shall we say With different things going on And then They come straight out of the tracks yep. Debut album First song Tonight I'm a rock and roll star Have it You know then That's what Oasis are going to be from now till forever That's a good point and I go like that. That is amazing. So you wouldn't change... Ego off the chart. Okay. Love it. Swagger. Okay. That's what Oasis are. So no other songs would have gone into number one spot for you? This nah. Is... Bang. Take it. I'm a, tonight, I'm a rock and roll star. Okay, you're Bang. You're just... Okay. Straight in. All right. So anything else and we'll play it? Play it. Okay. Rock and roll star.
Shaker maker. So. Oh, straight in. Straight in. Coca-Cola mm. successfully sued them for half a million dollars. That's the half a million we talked about earlier. Okay, yep. cool. What happened? So it was the second single off the album. Okay. And it sounded, and it does, too similar to the new Seekers I'd Like to Teach the World to Sing. I'd like to teach the world to sing. Yeah, okay. In perfect harmony. Oh, yeah. Um, And they used that in a... And so Coke used that in an advert. Okay. But back in 1971... um, But it does. Think about Shaker Maker. Yeah, it does, actually. So, yeah. You're right, you're right. We got sued. Okay. Um, so the song's title comes from a toy that Noel had in the, in the 1970s and 80s Which involved mixing water and some powder into a mould To make a rubbery toy figure that eventually set hard Amazing Back when toys were toys Oh, cute Everything's cute um, So yeah, we came from... Right Noel Gallagher says that many of the references in the album's second single, Shake America, come from TV adverts. The character of Mr. Soft, for instance, comes from an ad for Tribor Soft Mints. Do you remember those? Love them. Oh, I remember that now. Uh, I'll bring you some back. <laughs> no. Give me some UK chocolate, though. Yeah, is there anything else you want? A lot of my chocolate bars don't exist anymore. I stopped making them. I used to like what? Fuse bars. Remember Fuse bars? I'll have a look. I think they've stopped making them. Right. They were amazing. Anything else? Uh, I love the wee look. Oh, yeah. I am. Bring me some stuff back. Um, I've got... A friend of mine went back to Scotland and got me um, a huge bag of sewer plumes, which is like this lolly that you suck on, which is quite bitter. You don't want any of them then? I've got enough for like five years. Right. It's massive, this thing. Um, Bourbons. Bourbons. Um, Maybe. I'll let you know. I'll get okay. some. Right, Shaker Maker, what do you think of the song though? Love it. Are we, didn't, you hinted at it last week. You said there's a song that, ah, and you went, you left us on the cliffhanger. Mm, I did. You're still going to tell us about that? Maybe. Can't all be uh, roasting the glasses here. All right, so I actually, I think Shaker Maker's a good song actually. The drums are fantastic on this track. You happy? Very. Okay, Shaker Maker. This is probably the one you're probably a bit iffy about. Live forever, right? Yeah, hate it. <laughs> Skipper, right? Skip, skip. No way! Go on, talk to me about Live Forever. No, wrote the lyrics mm-hmm. to Live Forever mm-hmm. in a direct response to early 90s grunge music. Grunge music, which he thought unnecessarily depressing. It was. Yep. Fair call. Um, 
he talked about um, Kurt Cobain's band and said, it seems to me that here was a guy, Cobain, who had everything and was miserable about it. And we had F all. And I still thought that getting up in the morning was the greatest effing thing ever. I love it so much. Because <laughs> it is. But that's what they're about. Stopping about. Happy. Going to write my wee song. Maybe I just want to fly. I want to live. I don't want to die. Boom. Have that. Gonna live forever, and I'm a rock and roll star. I'm already in. Like it sounds like my, it sounds like it was written for me. It does actually. Happy, up and about. Woo. Love it. I love it. That's what I love about them. It was just always that. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't depressing. Okay. Uh, this song. Where does it sort of fit in your? Oh, up there. Top ten, top five. Top five. Oh, it's in top five. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Number one side away, shadow of a doubt, and then from there, there's some movers and shakers. Some movers and shakers. It would always be in the top five. Really, live forever. Oh, I can't even. We're gonna live forever. Oh, that's one of the best bits of the song. Where it just screams and lets it go. <laughs> All right, let's play Live Forever. I had notes, but just, just, just let no. you talk about it. I'm going to put that on later with a glass of rosé and I'm going to sit in my paddling pool <laughs> and feel like I've made it. That's what life's about. Sitting in a paddling pool with a glass of rosé. Will I forever playing? Banging. <laughs> I should be packing my suitcase. Oh. Do you know what I want? Because I had my rock and roll star. Because I do what I want and I don't have to. <sighs> That's what Oasis makes me feel like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not going to pack my suitcase. Mm. <laughs> that is what you're like, rip or without Oasis. Uh, up in the sky. Is this the one? Is this the one? Hey, you, up in the sky, learning to fly. Tell me how high do you think you go before we start falling? Nope. <laughs> To the things that you have never, never seen. It's an amazing song. Boom, boom, boom. Another punch to the face. So Noel said, we were on the dole at the time under conservative rule. 
It's about establishment figures who didn't have a clue about how people were really living in England at the time and what they've done to the country. It's quite an angry song lyrically to a happy tune. Why is actually fast forward to now? Mm-hmm. Isn't that the sentiment we're sort of 100%. hearing? I read no, so no came out and he didn't vote in this general election. He said he hasn't voted since um, Tony Blair resigned. No way, mm-hmm. really? He said they're all morons. Wow. So that's his take on it on the general election. Huh. Okay. Uh, well, I, th- I, th- I remember him saying, you, I think you told me he was in the studio when Brexit happened. Like, So he was supposed yeah. to vote and he went, ah, no, it's never going to happen anyway. Didn't vote. Look what happened. Yeah, I know. Um, so are we playing up in the sky? Yeah. It's my. This is obviously going to be my play. This in full. This Kev. is in my top five as well. Um, it's in my top three. Oh, mm. what's your top one? Uh Gas Panic, Aquarius, and Columbia. Gas Panic. I love Gas Panic. I love it. Over all these songs. Yep. You bet. You remember? I got a weird spot for um Sot Sog. Gas Panic is one of the reasons. It is amazing. I don't know what to do with that. Just move on. What's your top five then? Slide away. Uh-huh. Live forever uh-huh. somewhere. Uh-huh. Supersonic. Uh-huh. Aquiesque. Uh-huh. And then it kind of always shifts. Probably Morning Glory. Yeah, you got to see. I would never have Morning Glory. Oh my god! And you went nuts when he played bah, that. Bah, 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 bah. Oh, yeah, it's alright. <laughs> so that would be mine. Uh, I actually find like, it's quite a good like you actually find yourself dancing away to Columbia the drum beat is brilliant so, not so good do you know what it's named after? so it's named after the Columbia Hotel in uh, which is near Hyde Park in London where the band stayed in, in uh, before they were banned for rock and roll behaviour so always is oh. Morris says the band got kicked out of the hotel during the sessions for whatever which was released just before Christmas 94 as a standalone single when they started throwing furniture out of windows at 6am and something landed on the hotel owner's Mercedes, the police were called. But by the time they arrived, the band had already packed the bags and checked into the nearby Hilton, which frankly was a better hotel, says Morris. Just throwing... Is that cute? Throwing furniture out windows? Yeah. Just cute? What if it landed on your car? <laughs> I'd feel so honoured. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine ringing the insurance company. 
So my car windscreen, I knew why. Because Liam threw a table on it. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> What's the excess? Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's play Columbia. <laughs> Jesus.
Supersonic. Oh. This is another, it's just attitude. Okay. No says this is his favourite Oasis song. Oh, because it's amazing. Okay. Any song that can get the words gin and tonic in it. Okay. Is incredible. Because I did not know when I was 15 that I would have such a penchant for gin and tonics in later life. <laughs> That's a good point, eh? Yeah, love them. <laughs> uh, One of my favourite drinks. Okay, alright. Well, I still can't get into that, to be honest. So, what is it about this song? Just another... Just Oasis. It's just, honestly, it's just that attitude. It just sums it up. I'm feeling supersonic. Bring me gin and tonic. You can have it all, but how much do you want it? She makes me laugh. <laughs> I just love it. I just want to say it. I'm feeling supersonic. Bring me gin and tonic. You should get that tattoo. You can have that it all. That literally is your yeah, sort of tattoo. It is. Your mandate. It really is. That's I'm cool. feeling supersonic. I mean, you can have it all, but how much do you want it? She makes me laugh. I've got her autograph. Oh, God. All right. Can I ride with you in your BMW? You can ride with me, <laughs> my yellow submarine. You need to find out. All right. I'm going to stop because it's going to be three hours long this one. Supersonic. curious to know which one your, is oh, your iffy iffy song it's coming bring it on down oh is it oh it's not iffy I would still I like it but it's not it just doesn't sometimes I feel like it's a wee bit of a misfire a little bit I love this song but it's like that the, those tracks they go so well together mm-hmm. like Supersonic Shaker Maker Columbia blah and then this is a bit different I like it because it does, it kind of shifts. It does. It does shift the album. It does. It's a bit like what I was saying with Neon Wilderness. This is way better than Neon Wilderness. But I get it just shifts the album. So I get it. But it's probably not one I run. It's not one. I never skip a song on this album because you need to listen to the whole thing in full. That's mm-hmm. what makes this album this album. And it's a 10 out of 10. But it's always the one that I go, oh. Because oh. you've just come off of a, I mean, come on. You've just come out of Columbia, Live Forever, Supersonic, boom, 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 boom. And then, I mean, this is good. Bring it on down, and then it run my brain. Yeah. Yeah, but... So it's not, mm, it's just, yeah. What do you give it out of ten? Seven and a half. Hmm. Whereas the others are ten. Okay, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Ten. They're not all tens. Yeah, they are. They are not. Don't be, don't be ridiculous. Supersonic's not a ten out of ten. No, no. The okay. Forever's not a 10 out of 10. Okay with that. Columbia's not a 10 out of 10. Okay with that. Shaker Maker's not a 10 yeah, out of 10. Yeah, I'm okay 10. with that. Rock and Roll Star's not a 10 out of 10. Dixie's you are insane. 
rock and roll star. Uh, we'll get to it. So I actually quite like the drums are excellent. Yeah, they on are. Um, no, it was a tribute to the Stooges, the MC5 and punk rock. It's about the uninvited guest who turns up at parties and nobody likes, but everybody knows who stays until the end. Oh, oh we had a mate like that. Ox. Um, bring it on. I actually like it. I want to play it. brilliant what do you like about it I just I remember as well thinking like going back when you first listened to this album I mean you didn't have cigarettes or alcohol when you're 15 no like you just trying to get hooch sometimes but do you know what I mean you just think about it and I used to just think they were the coolest people in the world like rock and roll star cigarettes and alcohol yeah okay like dead rebellious yeah yeah, yeah. strutting about yeah 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 okay and I would do that in my bedroom as soon as I walked out of my bedroom I'd go back to being me because I would have got battered but do you know what I mean it's like you got to I don't know and it's just such an anthem yeah I, I agree with you Noel said let's have it was the main ethos all the songs were about leaving Manchester and ending up in the sunshine taking drugs and drinking for the rest of your life it's all about escapism a pint in one hand your best mate in the other and just having a good time oh, I love that's it that's nice I like that that's actually really nice let's have it Cigarettes and alcohol? Yeah. It's a smile. It's another one. It's up there with She's Electric for the same reason I'll get smashed about this as well. This is funny. If you can write a song and you can make me laugh about lasagna, then it's, I mean, it's the stuff of legends. 
what a life it would be if you could come to mine for tea. <laughs> Pick her up, put her past three, we'd have lasagna. I treat you like a queen. I gave you strawberries and cream, and your friends would all go green from our lasagna. <laughs> These could be the best days of our life. That's what this album is. You got your whole life in front of you. You're young. You haven't got care in the world. You're having lasagna. You fancy the girl at school? You've asked around for lasagna. Magic. I mean, it's brilliant. It used to be a big thing for me to bring girls back on for the. Did you the give them Sunday lasagna? Roast. No, it was always a roast. It was always a Sunday roast. Oh. They'd have to come to the house for. It makes you smile. It does make you smile. And a cheese electric was the same thing. It's just, it makes, just makes me laugh. Because you just think to yourself, just think of the concept of that song. Just think, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. But it's brilliant. I'll treat you like a queen, I'll give you strawberries and And your friends will all go green. I mean, come on. These will be the best days of our lives. I mean, it's dust. Talk about giving grunge a punch in the face, miserable bastards. Like... (laughs) That's what life was. Playing football, eating lasagna, going out with your mates, up for it, off you go. Happy as, feeling supersonic. Not quite with a gin and tonic, getting there, a couple of years away. But, I mean, it's just youth. It's just, it's just fun. It's just that attitude. It's why, that's just who Oasis are. I love it. Like, I love it. I wish everyone could just see you now. You're so happy. You're just so happy. I just love it. I think I'm going to have a gin and tonic in the paddling pool. Change your mind. Okay. Um, rate out of ten. Ten. <laughs> eight. An eight. But ten for fun. Look, used to hate this song, but it's a catchy number and the chorus is excellent. Amazing. So, uh, Noel on the song. If you wrote Dixie's Dinner Now, The Guardian or the music papers would destroy you. It's a song about going to someone's house for lasagna. You only write songs like that when you're free of inhibitions. Alan McGee said, I think it was a piss take of Blur. I don't think Noel's ever admitted to that. It's a piss take of that Britpop thing. It was Noel proving that he could do it in his sleep. Amazing. I don't think that's true. No. I think that's true. Um, Dixie's Dinner? Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Skipper next, right? Oh, you're insane. Fly the way. This song. Do you know this was actually meant to be the fifth single, but no, put the kibosh on it. Five singles at all. Said that you can't have five singles from a debut album. Agree. It's not a single either. It would have ruined it. The reason Slide Away stands up is they haven't played it live for a long time. Okay. 
and they never used to play it live. Like I've seen Oasis what four or five times. I've never seen them do this. Oh, okay. Um, which has always been sad. Um, oh. I like not. Oh, why? Oh no, once lies once. Why do you think they do that? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's because I actually think it's their finest moment. Like I think this is Oasis's finest moment. Um, it's one of the greatest songs ever written, and I will put myself out there. That I mean, to eat from that opening, you know what? Yeah. 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 And then at the end, don't know, don't care. I love All that I know bit. is I could take you there. I don't know, I don't care. Again, love it. Yeah, and okay. that guitar, and the guitar in Slide Away is insane. Yeah, okay. Oh. I'm the same as you. I actually, the only cat, so I, I've put, I love the last 90 seconds of this song. They're just, just brilliant. Why is it not the last song on the album? This is a hurrah, right? This is a hurrah. Yeah. We can both agree with that. Why is it not the last song on the album? Should it be the last song on the album? Should it be the last song on the album? No. You still want Married with Children? Really? Yeah. Okay, so this is a hurrah. It's a 10 out of 10 song. Oh, 11. It's an 11 out of 10, apparently. Yeah. But you still want Married with Children to end the album? Yeah. All right, let's play Side Away. You want this in full, right? This is your song? Yeah. Oh, what's yours? I've already played it, Columbia. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's play Side Away.
Married with Children. Come on. Talk to me about this song. It's amazing. Defend this song. Okay. So, it's... Catchy. Mm. I think... Like, it's just... I don't know. It's just a cute little song that ends the album. And I go, yeah, I don't... You have a real thing for it and I don't understand. Um... Apparently, it was inspired from what I've read from his ex-girlfriend. Okay. Who um, was fed up of hearing the same music all the time. Hence, your music shy. It keeps me up all night. Oh. Um, okay. It's just... Do you know what it is about Oasis? Their songs are relatable. This is just... A, I mean, it's such a petty little song. Like your music it also sounds different as well. Like, me up on that, up on that. I had it in my car mm-hmm. loud, and this static and like, there's a lot of background noise on this track as well. It's really raw, obviously deliberate, but I don't know. I just kind of. I think if you think about it right, sometimes like if you think about how the album's gone, you've gone from like rock and roll star like in your face, I'm the business, look at me, mm. to basically this song. Where it's kind of like, oh, you're getting told that your music shite and you kind of been put back down again. It's like, I don't know. It's just like another part of their... Oh, I see what you're... I see, that's like really an interesting view. Do you know what I mean? Think of the album. Yeah, okay, I'm a rock you and go, roll star. I'm a rock and roll star, got... I'm supersonic, yeah, okay. I'm all this. And then at the end, it's like relatable. It's just that it's... People can relate to that, whether it's a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a flatmate or whatever. Just like the mundane... Parts of life, the pettiness. Ah, stop playing that. Your music shit keeps me up all night. Like, yeah, okay, all right, that makes sense. All right, I like that. Okay, it's a good little. And then it's just. A I cute think you're reaching, number. but I think it's a good little story. Um, we're not going to play this because there's a little surprise at the end, which is weird. Which is, I'm actually quite comfortable not playing the song, but uh, you came up with an idea, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah, it's pretty good. Reviews. <laughs> if anyone gives it a 1 out of 10 just rip it up okay 1 out of 5 oh my god Ina Ballard a sleight of hand Oasis is clearly capable of making good music or at least better music that they choose to but this isn't it the mainstream appeal of the album is clear simple song structure cliche song tip, uh, topics competent if unambitious performers but it is those same elements that hold the music back from being any good this formula ends up paying dividends for them in time, but it's their media presence that saved them in their crib, not their sense of musicality. Teenage Jesus, if I wanted to listen to a best of compilation of bangers from the 70s, I'd raid my mother's car. To credo, one out of five. This is so bad. I can't believe how much attention it got. It's got no good pop, no good rock, or anything in particular. The vocals are annoying, and the musicianship showcased wow. its mediocre, mediocre. It might have gotten half a star if more if the songs ran about half their length. God, rock and roll star goes on forever. Right, okay, moving on. Tungsten Deval, 4 out of 5, the best album by the most overrated band of the last 20 years. Shut up. Like, just shut up. <laughs> because the thing is, you can say that, right? But tell me a band that have had that... That legacy. Think about it now. Just think about, is there going to be a band as big as that again? The UK went ape for Oasis. You couldn't move for it. 
Just think of the people they've influenced. Yes, they have been influenced by other bands, but they kept that legacy going. The Gallagher brothers, like, did you just shut up? Seriously. How can people even say that? The amount of albums that they've released, the stadium, who in the, who in the hell, if you were to sell 125,000 tickets per day for a weekend mm-hmm. festival to see a band could sell that now? No one. Overrated? Shut up. Don't write and don't say anything if you've got nothing useful to say. Idiot. If you could write me a song like Supersonic Slide Away Live Forever, <laughs> you come back and tell me. But until then, how about you write your wee reviews and just keep them in your wee diary, in your wee room, loser. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I did that. Like, I was like, oh, I'm just going to put these in and see what happens. Well, I got what I wanted. Um, okay. Noli G, five out of five. Do you reckon? Noli G. <laughs> the impact that Oasis indefinitely maybe had on the British music scene is unquestionable. Exactly. Many people point to the arrogance and the controversy of the Gallagher brothers, and that may indeed, in, may indeed explain why they never quite cracked the USA. And why the less said about their recent work, the better. But that aside, it is the music itself which truly explains their greatness. One can analyse music in as much detail as they like, but definitely maybe it's simply a quality rock and roll record. The genius yet simplicity of Noel's music writing combined with the stunning voice of Liam come together to create some of the best songs and one of the best albums of our generation. Without doubt, a must-have for any collection. So, I thought I would do a wee thing here, because... I've got Spotify in front of me. Overrated. Okay, so I thought I'll type in Oasis. Right? Let's just have a wee look. Oasis. How many monthly listeners do you think Oasis has? Let's just play this game. This is going to be a fun game. Monthly listeners, Oasis. 13,219,804. Okay? Just take that in. I'll type in blur, shall I? Have a look. So 13 million. Just take that in. Blur. Five million. Okay. So pulp. What have pulp got? Oh, 1.9 million. Manic Street Preachers. 1.14. Manson. 95,000. The Blue Tones. 248,000. Shove it. Shove it so far. Because I'm telling you right now. I'll write someone else. Who's famous right now? Who is famous right now? Okay. Let's have a little look. Name me someone that's famous. What's the the guy that just won the best musician for the last ten years? What's his name? UK fella. Um, redhead. What's he called? Ed Sheeran. That's the one. But he's got about a hundred million. He's got heaps. You know you've lost that one. Right. So. <laughs> so let's keep it within the genre. Oh God! This is give me an R band. Redhead. Radiohead. Ten and a half million. Mm. Up yeah. Just saying. Look. I'm just saying. Don't be telling me. They're overrated. Because you've got the stats to say that they're not. I've is got, that what you've got? Because what I've done story, is I've is got it? solid data in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> telling me. 
But what I'm saying is, they still resonate now, right? We're not talking about, oh, definitely maybe it was big in 1995. 13 million people a month are still putting that into their Spotify. People still are listening to Oasis. They still have an impact. And they always will. Okay. You okay now? Overrated. Your blood pressure went through the roof there for a Fine. second. It's a good job I've not got my Fitbit on it. So just one person called Oasis overrated and you went on a massive run. Shows the person you are. No, it doesn't. Passionate. Or ratings? <laughs> Is there any point? Ten. Ten. What do you think I gave? Nine. Nine and a half. Just give it a ten, Kev. Give it. I'm not giving it a ten. Why? It's not a ten. Well, it doesn't make it a ten. Because it's not a ten. Yeah. It really isn't. We've listened to better albums, and you've got Oasis tinted glasses on. Listen to better albums. Oh, we have. But anyway, what the spreadsheet don't lie. What's interesting is that we we both never gave a ten to the same same album, which I think is a really good, uh, it's a good sign for this podcast, you know, because we've both got different opinions, right? I think that's come out very clear across this wait, podcast. Wait, wait till next season. All right, so. We're on a break. You're you're flying to the UK tomorrow. I've got time with the fam bam. I hate that. I know, I chucked it in just because you hate it. Uh, so, what do we want you to do, all right? Have a look at the next 10 years in the UK, 2000 to 2010. Send us a list of any bands and artists that you want to be considered, and if there's albums in particular that you love, you love and you want us to talk about, make sure you call it out, because we'll do it next year. Yeah. Um, so just in closing thank you to everyone I think everyone who's listened supported the bands that have given us you know the permission to play their music whether yep. it's the intro or song of the week uh, it's just it's been a hell of a year actually it's been this is this has been fantastic and yep. I think seeing you you know your passion for Oasis on two sides of the coin like one is just, just gushing as a fangirl and then the minute someone attacks them you're like fantastic what have you got? Anything else left to say? I want to say thank you for everybody's support and for and for listening, um, for all the input, for the feedback, for um, all the kind words and the support, for all the new bands who've sent us music. Um, thank you so much. For the new bands that have come out of um, this exercise that I'd never heard of and never would have heard, then a massive thank you as well because it's been such a great... Honestly... It's given me my love for music right back again. Not that I felt I'd lost it, but there was a point there where you listen to the same sort of thing because you're not really sure what's coming out yeah, and yeah. music. And, yeah. you know, I've got to be honest, being in Australia can sometimes be difficult yep. for that reason. But to have had a real deep dive back into um, British music of old and new yeah. has just been amazing. Oh, that's cool. Um, and it's just been... And I really look forward to next year and, and, and doing the same. If we had a beer, cheers, yeah? Cheers. Got Iron Brew, though. I do have Better. an Iron Brew, yeah. Um, and on a last note, Leslie came up with a really nice thought for the end of the season. What are you, you going to do? I have. So, it's Christmas. It is Christmas. And I want to wish everyone and their friends and family Christmas wishes and send my love. <laughs> it's and so cute. So I want to wish everybody a great oh, 2020, 2020 and I hope people get to share it with the people that they love. Oh. And in that spirit, and in the spirit of Britpop, Richard Ashcroft himself has released Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. 
So I want to end this podcast having a merry little Britpop Christmas. <laughs> and so we're going to play that to go out. So I would like to apologise for this, um, but the thought is really there, Leslie. It's really nice. I think it mixes Britpop and Christmas. And this is going to come out two days before Christmas. And he's one of the kings of it. So okay. uh, enjoy. Enjoy Richard Ashcroft with Have a Merry Christmas. Hold a mince pie, glass of port, <laughs> put your feet up and listen to the next four minutes. And from Britpop Banter, Merry Christmas. Oh, love you, Les. See, see you next year. Bye. Right.